day job. Let's go. Look at me, Damien. The blackest day. Son of a bitch. always says this is blade job episode 55 i'm not gonna make a joke about my parents another another year closer i know it's an every time thing uh, i'm not gonna do that my name as always steve carley with me as always eric uh Marshik. what's up buddy how's it going hello hello everybody listening in it's actually not going well for me right now i'll tell you why so oh, um, more than the mic problems well yeah those are I, i'm still terrified about that but yeah uh eric i just got back from a place um, oh, no. I went out to it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just uh, spoil it. I went to Taco Bell. Yes, that exact one. Uh-oh. So here, here's the, here's what pisses me off. So me, you know, I'm a big slut for like two things, like video game consoles and Taco Bell. So, of course, you know, Taco Bell has a new thing where like if you get a medium sized drink, you can get a chance to win an Xbox, you know, Series mm-hmm. X. Even though I spend most of my free time shitting on that, but. Um, so of course I was like, fuck it, why not? I'll go out and I'll get a medium, you know, so I go out to Taco Taco Bell, which, Mm -hmm. you know, is like, um, I don't know, it's like a minute and a half drive from me, unfortunately. So I go there and I get my medium drink. And of course I can't not get like four items ends up being like eight bucks. And That's I get back very I, a reasonable price. It, yeah, but when it's mostly like dollar item shit, it's, it, it adds up. You know, I don't get the, the steak. I don't get all the big shit. I get all the small right, things. Anyway, right. um, and of course, I come home. I put on in the code, did not win. And I think to myself, well, I just got swindled into going to Taco Bell. That's all it was. That's all it was for me. Yeah, you're in marketing. This is what that's what this is. I know. You, you I fell for marketing. I'm, I'm such I'm Taco Bell's little dirty whore. I really am. I am. It pisses me off. So of course I'm like fuck. All right. Anyway, the food was incredible as always for me. So um, they're back in my good graces despite not giving me a, a, a winning code. Actually, the code I may have, I may have gotten it wrong because the shit's impossible to read on the on the cup, the big ass cup. It's like a captcha on the cup. It is with a, yeah. <laughs> with a... I think like the middle it was like M, and then the other two were like weird hieroglyphs that I've never seen before. I think I got it, but yeah, so. Um, I'm not doing great because I'm full of Taco Bell, full of regret. Um, oh. But I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about a movie, though. That's a, for goddamn sure. Um, Eric, what are we talking about today? We're back in the movie. We did a big wrestling kick there, but we're back into the horror. We're heading into the horror season, and we're we're kicking off our first. And the haters are going to hate me for saying this, but I'm going to say it: Lucio Fulci movie. Lucio, Lucio, who you know? I can't even Lucio. ask the guy. He's yeah, dead. I don't know. I'm not Italian. Um, we might as well be for all the shit we've watched. But we're talking about months. City of the Living Dead, um, the beginning of his Gates of Hell trilogy. Um, and yeah, we'll get into what all that means. I'm sure avid horror fans are already familiar with everything that we're going to talk about. But hey, you're going to hear it from your two favorite boys. <clears throat> Goddamn right. Uh, we, we, we do have a this is a beefy. This is going to be a beefy episode. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, news to cover. We're going to be covering oh, kind of some upcoming. I mean, if you've listened to the show in the past couple episodes, we just pretty much talk about how everything's been delayed. Um, But we're going to talk about a lot of like there's a lot of interesting streaming stuff coming. So thank God for that, at least in the Halloween season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think we're entering a time where we kind of flourish. That's the thing. Like this is kind of our time, right? We kind of come out of our shells here. Yeah. Well, and by that, I mean, we stay home and watch horror movies. So, yeah. And we'll give Um, you the list at the end of the show of what. The schedule, if you will, uh, yeah, coming up yeah, for yeah. October. We got some some fun stuff planned. 
and I gotta say, this is like only a taste. Like we kind of picked the stuff that I thought and you thought was kind of like important to mention, but there's usually, usually all these streamers, you know, just uh, d- dump a whole bunch of shit. Um, not literally shit, you know, not shit movies, but you know, dump a lot of shit onto uh, yeah. all their streamers and all horror and uh, for our benefits. So let's just get let's just dive right in. Let's just get it, you know, get going here. Eric, uh, you got any updates? So what have you been watching, buddy? I'm looking at our list here, and you've got some. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm interested. Bet, the first one you have on this list here, I'm interested in hearing your reactions to. Yeah. So um, I so actually Hulu. I was trying to find some like modern horror because you know it is spooky season. It start the first day of fall was what two days ago yesterday or something. But so we're heading uh, into sp- three days ago. Three days. Okay. So we're heading into the fall season. I was trying to find something spooky that I hadn't seen, so I came across The Lodge. Which I think came out last year, maybe maybe early this year. I don't really know. Oh no, it was last year. It it, it premiered early on, I think, in Sundance, and didn't release until like October around there. So it's interesting enough. I didn't realize this. The Lodge is actually a Hammer horror film from like the the Hammer horror of like, um, you know, like. Shit! What what am I thinking of here? Like Dracula, but wh- who's the fucking guy? Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee? That doesn't yeah. sound right to me. But yes, Christopher I Lee. I think so. And like Peter Cushing, um, like those Dracula, Frankenstein, like they kind of resurged that like gothic horror in the '60s. And I don't really, I didn't, I thought that they kind of went out of business, but apparently they made the Lodge, and I looked into it, and they actually kind of came back with the um, that Woman in Black movie. Do you remember that, Steve, with Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, with yeah, with Radcliffe, you got so it. So they're kind of doing this like Hammer Horror, I guess, is back. I, I completely that, that completely blipped my radar, and I didn't, I missed it. But anyways, the Lodge um, is very different than any like Hammer Horror you would expect. It's very almost what I would call like like a twenty four, um, like uh, psychological like dread horror. If you know, it's it's it shares a lot of similarities with uh, like Hereditary, right? Um, I believe the two directors are Spanish. They made the movie Good Night, Mommy. Uh, about, I don't know, maybe four, three or four years back. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of, I believe, their English language debut. I never saw. I've wanted to. It's on Hulu. I believe it's on so. Hulu. Yeah. So go check it out. I mean, it's uh, it's like I said, it's kind of like it feels kind of like Hereditary. It feels kind of like that more art house style. If you're an Astrohead, which I know you are. I am. Um, re- recommended. Um, it's really yeah. fucking sad, though. So, you know, I, I don't just, know if that's a spoiler, oh. but, you know, it's it's really sad. <laughs> um, you just reminded me to add another movie to the list that I've seen. So I'm going to do that right now. Um, and I also love Riley. I'm a Keo head, even though she's a Scientologist. Um, like a lot mm. more and more actors are coming out as Scientologists every day. But kind of that kind of sucks and it ruins her for me. But not that much. It doesn't ruin her 100% for me. Honestly, I might take a Scientologist president at this point. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but other than that, okay, yeah, so The Lodge, um, check it out. Uh, if you, especially if you like that kind of more art house uh, psychological thriller horror, um, I should very... also if if I can interrupt, I'm sorry. This is also great for um in the wintertime, you know, in like the fall mm-hmm. winter because it's very much a kind of a frozen tundra yes. style horror that makes any sense at all. It takes place in snowstorms and such, and the, the lodge, of course, being in yeah. the snow. So. I'm not going to spoil anything much more than that, but yeah, it's it's a, I'd recommend checking it out. Um, next I watched, so I've been kind of cranking through some of the Rob Zombie movies. Um, 
I, I checked out Lords of Salem mainly because I hadn't seen it. Um, I also watched uh, Devil's Rejects and some. You know, so I'm I'm cranking through Rob Zombie. I don't really know why. I think he just makes fun movies. Why Lords not? of yeah. Salem surprisingly better than I thought it would be. <laughs> I I went in with like really low expectations, and it was pretty fun. Um, I you know it's just it's classic Rob Zombie. It's got it's got some spooky shit. Uh, it's really gory. It's it's just like a big music video. The plot makes no sense. Um, definitely like a fun like beer movie, background movie for your Halloween. Like you know you're doing something, cooking dinner. You know, carving your pumpkin. Throw some Rob Zombie on the background. You really can't go wrong. I don't think. <laughs> nah, not at all. So, Eric, what what is your favorite Rob Zombie? I know you've seen just about all of them, I think, right? Yeah, I'm gonna probably say House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. Um, I yeah, and I went back and watched Devil's Rejects again, and like, I don't know, it just didn't, it wasn't what I remembered it. It probably I probably hadn't seen it since college, because I'd always put Devil's Rejects up there as one of my favorites too. But I don't know. I don't know if it has an age to really me, well. To or me, I don't know. Well, I was going to say it just seems like a product of its time a lot, you know, even in the way it's shot. I yeah. remember that, you know, watching that and I thought to myself, yeah, so I, that's that may be part of it. Yeah, so I don't know. Devil's Rejects wasn't really what I remembered it to be. But, yeah, I would say House of a Thousand Corpses just because it's kind of got some of the charm. It's got some of the, like, quirkiness of House of, or Devil's Rejects, but then it's got, like, the full fucking Bonkos, Rob Zombie World um so and then lastly well i guess you want to go steven i can finish with like mine's just a bunch of little quick shots at the end so you you sure you, you go next so i've actually watched some horror stuff and i mean well horror is i know i've been term. excited for this so horror is a, lo- a loose term uh one of these on my list i've already seen but i watched it again and it still fucking whips beyond comprehension but i'm gonna get to that one later on so i finally sat down and i watched nosferatu the vampire that's um mm-hmm. what the hell's his name good god I'm you watched the herzog name. one Werner Herzog, thank you. I right, blank but... a lot like that. I'm dumb. Uh, yeah, I finally did, and you know, I liked it. I didn't think it was anything, you know, super special, but I do. I do. You know, I've seen a couple of it. You know, I've not seen enough of Herzogs. Like I, I haven't seen Fitzcarraldo. I haven't seen, well, a lot of them. I guess I haven't seen almost any of his documentaries. I hear, uh, <laughs> which is funny because I feel like over time his documentaries become like even you know more beloved than his actual narratives. Yeah. Um. I mean, and you. But, my point is, like, even despite that, you can definitely see a little bit of Herzog in it. Oh, I have seen Rescue Dawn, which is one of my favorite movies, even though one could argue that's, like, probably the least Herzog <laughs> of his movies, right? That's probably the most, like, mainstream he's done. I don't even... Was that the one about 9-11? No, that's the one with Christian Bale escaping the prisoner as a prisoner of war, I believe, in mm. Korea. Okay. Um, it's very good. It's just it kind of sounds like a 9-11 movie. But. It sure does. It sure does. Now that you mention it, it sure does. No, it's very good. It came out in 06. I've seen it many times. Okay. I don't, I don't know if that's streaming somewhere, but if it is, you should see it. Okay. Um, so I watched that. I liked it. I, good imagery, camera work. Um, we're actually going to – something that we're going to talk about today has similar. So it's, I movie. haven't seen it, actually. So it is – It's a. It's a. is it updated, like, in the – time period or is it still kind of like a gothic it's still very much a gothic you know and it's you know it's it's when you say horror it's more like um dread horror than Mm. you know jump scare horror kind of thing 
it, um, I, and I haven't seen all of Nosferatu. I've seen, of course, you know, a lot of it. But uh, like in that movie, this movie is fine, but it's very good when Klaus Kinski, you know, when Nosferatu, mm. when uh, not Nosferatu, when uh, you know Max Schreck. No, Max Schreck is the actor's name. Um, yeah, when Count Orlock, when he is on mm-hmm. screen, it's. I mean, because you know, you know as as well as anybody else, the kind of um, you know the. What am I looking for? The kind of um, the companionship that those two have on on mm. and offset. Oh yeah, and um, you know uh, he's very good in here. I mean, obviously he yeah. You know, Klaus Kinski into the role. is like infamous for being like, uh, like uh, taking a character to like the furthest extent. Way too far, role. I would argue. Yeah, yeah, possibly too far. P- pretty but, much, pretty much, re- just known as being an asshole. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. It's like remembers, remembers him. Right, and, like, but this role's perfect for that, right? I yeah. mean, Count Orlock, you know, he is a very exaggerated character, and he does a fantastic job. So I, I absolutely recommend it, even if just to see Klaus Kinski do what he does, do what he did. Yeah, I've um, heard really good things about it. I've heard Klaus Kinski steals the show. I've heard just, like, set and costume are beautiful and things like is. that. It is. It's and... got fantastic production design. You know, the production value is very good. I don't know the budget. I'm not going to go look into the budget, but I, you know, I'm assuming it wasn't huge. Then again, if he could do something like Fitzcarraldo, where the whole movie is just taking a boat, you know, a big ship <laughs> up a mountain, then I'm assuming the budget was probably bigger than I think it is. But and that came out in '79, so that was um, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, it's very, it's you know, I I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. Whenever um, Kinski was on screen, as is probably usually how it goes for his movies. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it was a a gore a gur the wrath of God. I don't know how to pronounce that name, but I have yeah. not seen that either. But same idea. Um, so I watched that, and then fi- so the, the last year, about a year and a half ago, um, well, actually, I'll go back further. In 2016, I saw a movie called Christine with Rebecca Hall, where she plays Christine Chubbuck, the uh, woman in the 70s who offed herself on camera. It was, she was a um, a news anchor. Hmm. Offed herself. This is a real 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 story. Very good movie. Very good movie. I've never even heard of that. It's very good. Yeah, it's good. There's like almost, I don't think you can really find the actual footage of it on the internet because I believe Christine Chubbuck's family like kept that tape and they, mm. it's not, you can't watch it. Like if you, I, I know a lot of people, I think on like 4chan, they claim to have it, but then when you watch it, it's like, oh, it's fake. Mm. A very good fake. But anyway, Antonio Campos is the director of that, writer, director. Um, he had a new movie. So back to where I was saying about a year and a half ago. I learned that he was adapting his next project would be adapting a book called the devil all the time. Yes. From Donald Ray Pollock. And, um, so I said, said, fuck it. I'm going to read that book. So I read it pretty, it's pretty quick. It's, you know, it's a pretty, it's very good book. Uh, so I've been waiting for the devil all the time forever, you know, for about, I I would say a year and a half, you know? Yeah. And, um, finally it fucking came out on Netflix. It's a Netflix original movie. Um, okay. A couple weeks ago, I guess a week and a half ago. Um, and I liked it a lot. It's very good. It has easily one of the best casts, you know, casting in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to read the whole cast here, but give it's me got... some big names though. All right, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pull it up. Some big names. Give me like the top I, four. I mean, they're all big names. You're going to oh, listen sh- to this. So we so we've got uh, Bill Skarsgård, Pennywise, Tom right. Holland, Spider Man, mm-hmm. um, Sebastian Stan, you know, uh, Bucky Barnes, Riley Keough. Uh, the Lodge fame, Scientology, Captain Scientology, Jason Clark, Harry Melling, who played um, Dud, Dud, Dudley Dursley in Harry Potter, 
Mm. Eliza Scanlon, Robert Pattinson, Batman. Whoa. Uh, who else? Maya Wazakowska, love her. So it's a huge cast, humongous cast. Is this the one where it's kind of like Depression era? Or, it is. Or, or like... It's not Depression era. It's the, it's the late 50s, but yeah. Oh, oh is it like it's, a horror, though? Or what is it? It is it is not a horror movie, but it is a bleak movie. Because it's basically mm. just a, a interweaving tales of of a group of, you know, separate groups of people um, all kind of dealing with their own mental issues. From It takes place from end of World War II to, I think, Korean War, Vietnam, or something like that. Um, so you just get, I mean, there's, fucking, there's so many characters in this movie, and none of them, all of them are just horrifically depressed, depressing, mm. fucked up, um, very violent movie. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't stray away from anything, which is what I like a lot. So it's not a horror movie, but it is a horrific movie that I think is better than the uh, reviews. <laughs> the reviews are not great, but they're not bad either. But it I sounds it a lot. very like Cormac McCarthy. I would say that. In fact, there's actually a narrator throughout the whole movie, and that narrator is actually Donald Ray Pollock, the author, which is pretty funny. I like that. Mm. Um, I recommend it. I mean, it's I think it's like probably two hours and twenty minutes, so it's not like a quick re- quick um, you know watch, but. Right. It's. I liked it. Maybe I'm biased, of course, as I read the book, and I'm like, Doug, I love Antonio Campos and his brother who co-wrote it. No one ever mentions that in all the press, but yeah. So I think I'm just biased. So of course I'm like, oh, we are the press, Steve. We're mentioning it now. Goddamn right. Yeah. We, we technically. Where's our? Pro- we need to press press credentials. It's funny because I I follow his brother. You know his brother on uh, on um, Twitter, and I whenever I I see him tweet out like you know news about the movie, it's always like. You know, writer director Antonio Campos, and I want to be like, dude, they should be mentioning you because <laughs> you co-wrote the movie with your brother. Come on. Anyway, when movies come back, Steve, we'll, we'll you just imagine you can go if, to the film festivals and flash your Blade Job uh, podcast credentials, and they'll you'll you'll be like you'll be like a press you'll, you'll have like a press badge. I mean, I I could save this for the news, but I'm not going. I'm just gonna say it right now because you don't care. But it's inevitable. It was inevitable. It is the right move but they had to fucking push back all the Marvel movies again. So now Black Widow oh, got pushed to May, yeah. next May. Eternals, which comes out in two months, now next November. Mm-hmm. It was supposed okay. to happen. It's smart it was, that it happened. It was inevitable. But fuck, man. Oh, God. We've, this is the first year we've had no Marvel movies since 2009, which you know yeah. says a lot about how often those come out. Um, but as someone like me who is impervious <laughs> to fatigue for that, for that, that you know that saga, um, yeah. god damn it, fuck! I you know again had to happen, um, but fuck anyway. So the devil all the time on Netflix. Uh, I'm very excited for that. Well, uh, no, you you already seen it. I've already seen it in I, my I, head. I'm, ex- I'm, thinking I'm excited of too, though. So you should see it. in my head. I'm thinking of Mank that because that, that's the next big. Uh, Netflix movie is Mank from David Fincher. So in my head, I'm mm. like, I'm fucking excited to see it. Anyway, I'm just going to blow through these last ones here. Okay, um, gr- Green Room. Great movie. Uh, great fucking amazing movie. I love Green Room. Um, I watched that with a, with a friend of mine the other night. Um, she hadn't seen it. She wanted something like intense. And like she's like, I want an intense thriller. And I was like, I got just the fucking one for you. You didn't show her City of the Living Dead? <laughs> No, I should have though. Fuck, <laughs> I should have. I know. Seriously, um, Jeremy Saulnier. Fuck, man, writer director. That guy can do no wrong in my book. I think he's a mm-hmm. genius. Um, the movie is intense. It, it's. I mean, it's like one of the more intense movies you can find these days. Yeah. Anton, Anton Yelchin. Fuck, rest in peace. God damn it. Yeah. 
Every time he's on screen, I'm like, it wasn't supposed to happen like this, man. But a freak right accident. Over by his own car. That's just uh, scary. It pinned him up against his his brick mailbox because like the brakes failed or some shit. God, it's just so just so shitty because he had such a good feature and it pisses, especially like in this movie, you know. And man, it pisses me off. Um, Green Room is on Netflix. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening have already heard of it or maybe seen it because you know it's a big hit. Yeah, uh, two it, two Star Trek. I mean, like you said, Yelchin was Chekhov, and we got Sir Patrick Stewart also as the antagonist of that movie. I, I, incredible antagonistic so, role. Oh, all you Trekkies goodness. out there, make sure to check that out and see your... I forgot, <laughs> your, I forgot that they're both in Star Trek. It's funny. See your, see your captain doing some bad. Oh, such an amazing role for him. Fuck, I know. Anyway, Green Room. Love that movie. Still whips... Um, it's amazing. And then I, the next night, we, we did another movie night, and we watched uh, Sweet Virginia. This is a movie that you've never heard of. I guarantee you nobody no. on this podcast has heard of who's listening to this. Um, it's from a uh, it's from a filmmaker, I believe, writer-director. I believe his name is um, uh, Jamie Dagg. Sweet mm-hmm. Virginia. So I just want to make sure I get this right. Yeah, Jamie M. Dagg. Um, it's got people I love. John Bernthal. Everyone knows, John, everyone loves John Bernthal, Punisher. Mm-hmm. Christopher Abbott is an actor that I think does not ha- get the uh, the um, the recognition he deserves. I think he's a breakout guy. I think he's gonna have a sweet, awesome um, you know future ahead of him. And Rosemary DeWitt, Imogen Poots, who is also in Green Room. Anyway, it was fine. It was not as good as I was hoping it would be. <laughs> what is it? Is it is it scary? Is it a, just like a it's, slogging it's an, drama? It's a, it's an action drama thriller, oh, as I okay. mean. But it's a, a former okay. rodeo champ befriends a young man with a uh, propensity for violence. It's basically oh. like uh, John Bernthal's character owns a motel, um, and then uh, Christopher Abbott is kind of like um, I'm going to say like a hitman kind of it's like a crime kind of, movie kind of. It is kind of a crime movie. Um, it was okay. fine. I, I, you know, I was hoping it'd be better because it's been on my list for about two years now. It's something mm-hmm. you know, that I've been wanting to see for a while. Although, I have to tell you, Jamie Dagg's next movie he has, um, which is apparently now I'm looking no longer on IMDb like it used to be. It was called um, The Blood of Young Mice. What a fucking great name is that? How awesome is that name? The Blood oh, of yeah. Young Mice. I love that name. And now it's now as I'm seeing right now on IMDb, it's gone. I guess he threw that script in the trash or something. That's unfortunate. All right. Well, Scoop, despite it not being on IMDb, now you know that his next project was going to be called The Blood of Young Mice. It's an interesting title. I don't really know what to make of it right off the gun there. But, yeah. It's... That's what's funny. That's what's fun about it, right? Um, so that was that. So just to wrap up with myself here, my plans for October. And I oh, mentioned yeah. it before, of course. My plans to watch um, mainly the James Whale stuff. Um Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein, mm. um, what the hell's it called? Uh, the Invisible Man. And here's okay. the thing. So the early, early Universal. Correct. And I do okay. want to see like Dracula and all that too, but I like I, I want to see the James Whale crap first. Which ones Pro are tip. those? Is that, is that mainly Invisible Man and Frankensteins? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, pro tip. So those a lot of those movies are on like Amazon Prime, um, but mm-hmm. the qual- the print quality is ass. Now, aren't they public domain by now? Uh, probably. I know, like, I um, know, maybe not. I know Nosferatu is, and that you know, like, I'm talking, like, I want to watch Nosferatu, Hexen, 
these movies are on Amazon Prime, but the quality is ass. However, if you if you if you're lucky enough to live by a library that that has um, Canopy, K N A N O P Y, Canopy, they also have those movies, and they are in pristine, restored, restored or, quality. Yep, incredible quality. They might have like the cri- Criterion, uh, like it's possible. Like Actually, cuts. I'm almost positive they do, um, and they're fantastic. So that's like. Um, that's what I want for sure. So speaking of speaking of Haxon, even I don't want to go on a huge tangent on this, but I actually have a um, a copy of it, uh, a VHS copy from the they they redid it in 1968. They cut it down because it's actually a silent movie. I know all of yes, Haxon is a uh, documentary ish. They, they they re they they recut it, and it's a, it's about like a 90 minute movie instead of whatever it was like fucking two and a half hours, and it actually has William Burroughs. Um, doing like the narration instead of the the title cards coming up every once in a while. That's so actually it's, incredible. And, and it's got like this like weird ass like fucking like uh, like free jazz <laughs> just like playing over the background. Um, wow. Yeah, it's just called Witchcraft Through the Ages. Um, yes, it yeah, is. It's, it's it's one of the weirder tapes I've come across, and um, yeah, it's, it's so it's kind of Haxon. It's not, it's not necessarily in the original movie, but it's still a cool little keepsake to to put on. It has all the cool, crazy visuals, which is fun in itself. I had no idea you had that, and I don't know what took you so long to tell me that. I'd love to borrow that sometime. Well, how could I watch it? I don't have the fucking yeah, VHS You can come over and watch it. No problem. Um, yeah, Benjamin Christensen d- made that in, I think, 1922 as well mm-hmm. as um, Nosferatu. He didn't make Nosferatu same year. Uh, but yeah, but that's on Canopy, pristine quality. Um, so if you're lucky enough to live by a library that supports Canopy, you can log because Canopy is a streaming service, an incredible one that is only really accessible through a library membership. So you're um, looking to go classic, classic old school horror. I need to go to like the roots of horror. You need to see like where it started. I need to see where it started. I mean, you you can go back 25 years, even further from that, to see where it really started. I mean, you know, you got sure. Amelia Ace and that kind of shit. But sure. fucking Thomas uh, Edison probably made a horror movie. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not trying to go that back that far, although I could. Um, but I, and I, I want to scope out some more now. Like I've already, seen, I know that's not a horror movie, but like I've seen Metropolis. You know, and that's, mm-hmm. or should I say, I've suffered through Metropolis. I'm not going to get into that, but good lord. Um, but that's the plan in October, and I'm going to try to keep you. And I'll post, you know, on, okay. on our Instagram when I do that. So thanks to Canopy, I've got pretty much everything I need. Uh, so that's exciting. You. Don't don't look at me. Look at Canopy. Please give me money, Canopy. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug a few more movie updates real quick. So I didn't. I, I've 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 known this because I've watched. If you watch like the Joe Bob on Shutter. Um, it's on like that Shutter TV, which is pretty much like just like a live stream of movies all day, like twenty four seven. And I never really checked it out, but I've been just like throwing it on while I'm at work, and just like as I'm working, just having movies on in the background. And it's actually been pretty great because I've like been introduced to a bunch of these like straight to Shutter like recent super super indie horror movies. Um, and notably like, so I, I, I caught and I, and I, and I kind of regret how I did it cause I was just working and not paying super close attention to all of these. But, um, so I didn't really see all of these in full, but I saw enough to like probably go back and check some of these out. But the furries, 
the Furies, the Furies, the Furies, the, the, the Furies. Furies. Uh, fucking insane movie. I don't know, like, I mean, it it just made me want to like just dive deep into like indie horror because like the practical effects in this movie were fucking bonkos. I mean, crazy. I I need to watch the whole movie. Um, another movie I, I caught was called Some Kind of Hate. Um, really kind of interesting take on like a slasher movie. Kind of almost like got like Hellraiser vibes. Um, really fun. Um, then the last one I caught a little bit of was called Sweet Sweet Lonely Girl, which is like kind of a haunted house, kind of like LGBTQ like psychological thriller. I don't know. It was really creepy though, and it had a. I don't know. It was like one of those movies where it's like you just keep waiting for the jump scare and it never happens, but it's still just fucking scary. Um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, the build up to a jump scare is the scary part. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Shutter TV is just like I've been like kind of rocking it at work and it's really just been introducing me to a bunch of new stuff. And I don't know, especially after watching the furry, the furies, I was like, man, we, we probably do at some point we need to do like a modern practical effect like indie spotlight movie i don't know what it would be but we definitely need to cover something because i mean there's clearly a lot of new stuff out here where they're like throwing back to the old effects and it's not necessarily like a um like a throwback movie you know what i mean where it's like they're setting it in the 80s and they're throwing it back like that but there's clearly a lot of guys out here doing it the old school way and i don't know just if you have a shutter account and you're like either working from home or you're even if you're, I mean, hell I go into the office. Um, I don't know. Shutter TV, just put it on your other monitor. Well, I'm lucky I have two monitors, but <laughs> same though. It was uh yeah, it's just a, it's a cool way to check out stuff that I really wouldn't check out otherwise. Cause like, you know, shutter's a little overwhelming and, uh, yeah, but yeah, definitely the furies and, uh, some kind of hate, Definitely had some, like, pretty sweet practical gore effects. Um, and it got me excited. It got me, just got me excited for Halloween. Because that's what Halloween's about, is checking out, like, weird indie horror movies and shit you don't usually see. So, And cooler weather. Let's not forget about the most important part yes, of it. Very true. Cooler weather. All right, hit us with some news, Steve. All right, so I got one piece of news, but then we're going to spend most of this talking about like some upcoming October, you know, um, mm-hmm. streaming releases. But I thought this was worth noticing or worth mentioning that the original Halloween plus Halloween four and five are returning to drive-in theaters, which to me just makes sense. And I, and I checked, and the one the the four the Detroit one is on there. Correct, so it I is. I was going to mention that to you. Yeah, you would. I'm assuming you and uh, girlfriend of the podcast, Cassie. Yeah, will be checking that out. Very exciting. Um, this, I mean, you know, you and I have been. So, know, are they planning on doing like a triple feature? Like, it would be like each night they'd play one, four, five. It's a, actually a fantastic question. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. I'm sure if I just go on like the ticket, it'll probably say like, "Hey, you know." Um, Next time you're talking, I'll look it up. Because usually those drive-in theaters will play three movies in a night. So it would make sense. At least the one when we went to the Ford Theater in Detroit, it, they played three movies that night. That is a long time at the drive-in. <laughs> a lot of them would just play the first movie again, though, after the oh. second one played. But I um, thought I think some were playing a third movie. But yeah, people go there and like just party. So it's like... Um, it's. It's not really yeah. like a sit and be quiet experience always. Well, yeah, damn right. Um, and it looks like 
there's a double feature. Oh no, double feature. Yeah, Halloween screaming. She dies tomorrow. That can't be right. Halloween. I'm just looking at the thing here. It doesn't say like what the other double feature part. Are you is. looking at the Ford feeder? I am indeed. Oh, I wonder. They might not be. Maybe they. Maybe they're doing like Halloween one week, Halloween four the next week, That's Halloween what I'm five guessing. the following week. That's what I'm gonna go ahead and guess here. Y'all, Scream's also playing, which is cool. And Ip Man, shit. Candyman's playing the original, not the new one. They should have. I mean, you know. Uh, I, yeah, we know. I, 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 I they should have done. They should have double featured that, the original and the new one. That'd be sweet. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. These so. are all opportunities. These are all things that you and I assume would like be lit, even though it's like they probably thought about that and said, <laughs> "Well, you know, financially and yada yada, we can't do it." And we're like, "That'd be so cool." Yeah. Um, but that's you know. But keep an eye out for that. I mean, maybe I, I'll put the the site in the show notes if I don't forget, which I probably will, um, to see if that's coming to you because that seems like a cool trip out. You know, get the nice weather, yeah, the leaves absolutely. changing at night. Um, that's very exciting. So let's dive into some upcoming important October streaming movie releases. Yeah. Um, I can just start us off. Yeah, right start here. with the Amazon one because I think you're a lot more familiar with this than some of the other stuff down the list. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like super familiar, but I'm talking about Welcome to the Blum House. You, everyone at this point, it's kind of almost like a household name. Who, mm-hmm. you know, what Blum House is? Jeff Blum, Jeff Blum, I think Jeff Blum. It doesn't sound right. James Blum. That's what it is. Mm, I better confirm. It's that. Jason Blum. Jason Blum. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. See, I was getting there eventually. Yeah. It's um, a J name. This is J- you know Jason Blum is Blumhouse. They're basically they've um, made and are releasing four movies on exclusive to Amazon Prime. Um, I don't know if they have like any connection to each other. They probably it doesn't do, seem but like it, but I, right. I don't know. So, and um, they're going to release two, uh, one week and then two the other week. So on October 6th, you've got Black Box and The Lie. Now, you're thinking, Steve, can you tell us anything more about that in your notes? I did not get that far. Have you seen the trailer, um, though? I have seen almost none of these trailers. Mm-hmm. I've been slacking because, you know, that's life. I mean, they, I, I saw the trailer... Um, like, the, is there like a one cohesive for the whole shebang? Is that what you're talking about? It so it kind of like it it kind of shows like clips of everything, and then at the end it shows like a clip and it'll say like the black box, and it shows like another clip and it'll say like the lie, and then it shows another okay. clip and it says the evil. So it shows like each like a snippet of each, but at first it kind of ties it all into like like you're watching almost one movie trailer. Now that I um, now that it, I Google it, I've very much seen that trailer. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it looks interesting. I mean I, I'm I'm gonna kind of I'll probably check some of them out. Probably when October six when black black box and lie drop, I'll probably check some of them out. Um, it's not the most excited I am for some of the stuff that's dropping, but. Um, and I, you and I are you and I could we we could be considered Blumhouse fans, right? I mean, I like a lot yeah, of what they do. I, I am. So I'm definitely gonna. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I know one of them. I think it's Nocturne has my beloved Sydney Sweeney of mm. uh, of Euphoria fame. I know she's in that, so I'm probably gonna have to check that out to support her. Until I like. I, find I out like that she's a Scientologist. Blumhouse. She probably is. I like Blumhouse, but there's you know, I mean, it's it's not my favorite. You know, they, they make good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they make like uh you know they're probably like the best horror company right now that's doing like kind of like uh, uh like whatever the opposite of like A24 is yeah. <laughs> like like they're I mean, doing like horror movies that are just like kind of accessible and scary and like fun to go watch and get scared but they're not like fuck you know they're not art house movies <laughs> i mean the entire idea the entire wheelhouse of blumhouse is that they make low budget horror movies mm-hmm. that are accessible to the point where they make a shit ton of money and they just they make there's so much profit because they make movies for 10 million 20 million which is you know a, a small it's it's yeah. no you know no slim pickings for us but in the movie industry that 20 million is not a big budget and then of course they go into theaters and they make a shit ton and they're almost yeah. all hits and um so it is interesting that they kind of put this on amazon prime yeah what happened with that that's kind of making me think too like i'm wondering what the quality will be of these movies like i'm sure i'm sure there will be one of these four that'll be fucking great but I feel like there might also be three that are just kind of lukewarm, you know? For sure. They can't all be – I mean, they probably will be, but who knows? Um, I'm sure one will be great. I don't know which one, but I'm sure one will, like, steal the show. I hope it's Nocturne for my girl Sweeney Sweeney. <laughs> uh, so on uh, October 6th, Black Box and The Lie. And then the week after, on October 13th, is Evil Eye and Nocturne. So – those will all be on Amazon Prime Video, which I believe everybody on the Earth, planet Earth, has a subscription to. Yeah, I believe Jeff Bezos will just eventually, like, it'll just be like how you 2 just, like, put their album on your iPod. Like, blue, like uh, Bezos will just, like, or is it Bezos or Bezos? Bezo- Bezos, Bezos, yeah. Like, we'll just, you'll just, like, wake up one day and you'll just have, like, an Amazon package on your front door and it'll just be like, welcome to Amazon. And you just now have Prime because your taxes have been feeding him. I mean, I won't get that because I've been a Prime member for the past like fifty six or so years. So it's been a okay. it's been a long time. So that's Amazon. Um, enough about Bezos, man. Hey, but no, you- yeah, and Amazon. Check it out. I mean, if you if you put the time in to look through Amazon's catalog, they have a lot of good hidden gems, like horror wise. But they also have I'm a lot of more list like- all of them. They have a lot of movies, the kind of movies that we cover on this podcast. Yeah, too. actually, they're, you could watch good. the movie we're talking about today on the pod on Amazon Prime. It's it's yeah. on Prime as well. As out, out of all the big streaming services, the ones that we kind of cover are mainly. I mean, we use Shutter a lot, but Amazon Prime is the one that they usually go to, if not Shutter. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Shutter, um, yeah. so it's funny, you know, I'm I'm over here, you know, making this list, and as I go back here, I'm like, wow, I did not do a lot of research on this. However, one of them popped up big time for me. Um, and I know you're reading this. So on October 23rd at 9 p.m. Eastern time, Shutter has Joe Bob Halloween Special 2020. That'll be fun. Eric. Eric, do you know what the hell that is? Do you have any ideas of what it could be? So I saw the graphic that is posted for the Joe Bob Halloween special, and it kind of looks like the cabin from Evil Dead. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if he's going to do an Evil Dead double feature, maybe. Maybe Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, maybe even Army of Darkness. That'd be fun. Um, I don't really know what else it would entail. Uh, I don't really have any ideas, to be honest. I'm sorry. I wish I did. That's okay. It's pretty hush-hush. Um which I kind of like. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll. It, we. I don't think there'll probably be a mysterious tweet that goes out the day of the show, and everybody will be guessing, and some people will get it right, and some people will get it wrong. 
but it'll be fun no matter what. And Joe Bob's shows are usually really great. So actually, they're always really great. The new revival <laughs> series is fucking really fun. Well, there you go, and that's on October twenty third at nine p.m. Eastern. I'm assuming on like Shutter TV. I would assume. Yeah, right? it'll be like like their live stream. Um, Love it. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, moving on from that, one more thing on Shutter that jumped out at me was the Vincent Price collection. Um, so they're going to be playing, and this is on October first, so for the whole mm-hmm. month. Okay, so this is so. Hitting. Yep, this is hitting in about what a week, basically. Um, and then they have a lot of his like big movies. I mean, just for three just uh, examples, Mask of the Red Death, Pit in the Pendulum, and The Haunted Palace. So mm-hmm. I have not seen any of these. I'm definitely going to try to grab a couple of these, you know, to watch these. Yeah, there's um, some good ones. Um, I would say if you – I don't have the list in front of me of what they're actually playing, but if they have um, House of Wax – that's my, I think that's my favorite Vincent Price movie. I think I remember seeing that on there because so that's a the, good you one. Know, the Shutter does not tell you like all the movies, so I kind of had to Google like the Vincent Price collection, mm-hmm. and of course they, they, they had these apparently you know, looked like incredible Blu-ray collections, you know, of these movies, and so I'm kind of picking from there. So I, you know, I, I hate to say you know take what I'm these movies with a grain of salt because I'm like why why would they have these right? Is it it's the Vincent Price collection? Um, just a fair warning for you, and that's Shutter. Eric, you want to take Hulu? I, well, Actually, I you know quick, what? I have a quick few more for Shutter. Oh, by all means, please do. Um, so I, I I looked through, and there's some stuff on Shutter. I mean, there's a lot dropping on Shutter. Um, but the one thing that really kind of grabbed me was um, this movie Scare Me, which is coming out. That's October first as well. Um. I think it's kind of like I can't, I couldn't really tell if it's an anthology or not, but it's gonna be like uh, kind of like a modern slasher. It's it's one of the big Shutter premieres that's coming. Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody else is excited for it, but this uh, Vero Tika is actually dropping as we record this tonight uh, in September still, and that's the fucking Glenn Danzig movie. <laughs> That I'm sure will be, I don't know, it'll be interesting. Um, and then the other one I was looking forward to was um, this movie called The Cleansing Hour, which Great is name. which is about this company that I, I I don't really know if it's found footage, but it's it's kind of like they're doing like these this uh, it's almost like this new genre of like zoom horror where it's like all these people are watching something, but it's kind of like they're doing these exorcisms via live stream. And then people watching them have stuff happen to them and are accidentally becoming possessed by the demon kind of through computers. So, um, yeah, I think so. Shutter has some really interesting stuff. Just peek back in. There's a ton of like foreign language horror that's hitting, um, that I have to be in the right headspace to watch, but um, yeah, I think there's some there's some interesting stuff coming to Shutter, but yeah, the Joe Bob is definitely a big one, and then um, the Vincent Price is very cool, but then there also is some new actual like premieres happening as well that I just wanted to hit on there. But you want to hit? No, I think you should hit on the Books of Blood though, yeah. Steve, the Hulu, because I, I watched the trailer. Yeah, it looks pretty Hulu's good. Hulu's got. 
Yep, Hulu's got Books of Blood, which I thought was going to be like a, like a series until today when I realized mm-hmm. that it's just like a full-length feature movie. So not really sure if that makes me equally excited or my first thought is, which off not why well, it's on topic, I own the Books of Blood, funny uh, enough. I, I got too, it and read them a while ago, but... I have not done that. I just <laughs> I bought it at a um, at a used bookstore in Atlanta when I used to live down there, um, which is pretty cool. Like I th- I don't know I, I I'm not gonna say that it's like hard to find, but I think it's harder mm. than I think it is to find. Maybe at least it was at the time. I don't know if it is anymore. But when I first got, it, I, I looked at it you know after the fact and I thought shit okay, it's a good get. Um, Books of Blood, of course the um, the series from Clyde Barker, mm-hmm. right? Clyde Barker, yeah. yeah. Uh, Short so story gonna... collection. Um, yeah, I mean it's pretty beloved, right? The Books of Blood is oh, yeah. I think, one of his most more popular works. And I mean, I think some of them have even like I th- I believe like Midnight Meat Train began as books of like as one of the Books of Blood. Um, I believe there's like several film ad- adaptations that have come from the Books of Blood already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I- I'm assuming it's going to be an anthology. Like, it, it, even though it's still a movie, it's still going to probably be, like, three half-hour short films. Is, um, is that what you're thinking, Steve? It wasn't what I'm thinking, but it does make sense. Um, like, I know, I think Britt Robert, Robertson, um, she's a nice, you know, a pretty great actress. So I really, I don't know if she was in the OA, the Netflix show. They think that might have been her. Maybe that was Britt Marling. I get them confused, but... Um, that makes sense, though. That would make sense if it was kind of like a three-story, you mm-hmm. know. So I guess we'll find out on October 7th. This is a Hulu original, so um, you got to have Hulu for this one. And boy, if you're not paying for Hulu without ads, I don't know, man. Oh, I, I don't you. know. I have, I have ads. <laughs> uh, I got rid of my ads to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine all the way through, and whew, I never went back. It's, oh, man, it's nice. Yeah. I'll happily drop the money. And fuck that's delicious season four. Not a horror movie show or movie at all. <laughs> I just I'm excited for it. You I'm like, like it? You, you're a big fan of the uh of, of Action Bronson and the uh, and the I fellows? Do. I do. Yep. Mayhem. Yep, I like all those that, those characters. So um I'm excited for that. I just wanted to put that in there. Fuck that's delicious. <laughs> season four coming to Hulu in October. Um I'm sure there's a date here, but for some reason I see now I forgot to put the date, so I have failed the audience, the fuck that's delicious audience. <laughs> Um, so with that being said, that is Hulu. Um, and again, these are, these, these aren't all of them. These are just, you know, what we personally yeah. find important, especially fuck that's delicious complete <laughs> season four. Um, if you want to, I can run through Netflix to get us done with this. I know I have some quick ones too on Netflix. So if you want to run through, I can, I have a couple that aren't on your list that I want to sure. get on. Sure. Sure. I'll run through this unsolved mysteries. Volume two. Very hype. I, think that speaks for itself. That's on October 19th. Um, I did not realize it was coming this soon, and yet here we are. So, again, does not need any more description on that, um, unless you're young and didn't realize, never watched, you know, Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> I don't know. But that's that. Um, so, uh, October 22nd is a Norwegian movie, and we, I know you just mm-hmm. mentioned, um, and I've mentioned before pretentiously that, the you know, the American horror movies are probably bottom of the barrel in terms of, you know, worldwide audiences. Um, other countries can do horror way better than we can. Oh, uh, I don't Mainly, know. I don't know about uh, that. I don't know, man. Korea, South Korea and Japan kill the yeah. horror game. Italian, obviously, as you know. But I don't know. Has Italian done any good horror recently? <laughs> uh, that's a good I'm question. I'm going to say I think they kind of dropped off. I think America makes pretty good horror now. 
we do for sure and I, I i would argue that we're probably in like in a pretty good pretty good spot right now but yeah uh man and it's funny because i've seen you know horror movies of all different kinds of languages and i know um the middle east is killing it recently as well with movies like under the shadow um but cadaver this is a norwegian horror movie essentially a family goes to a hotel like one mm-hmm. of those you know nice european hotels um where things start to go fucky um yeah kind of a mind fuck like movie and i watched the trailer for it i'm into it um i've been telling myself that i want to see more you know i mean and i recommend anybody if you're like a fan of movies i recommend you just if, if you're a fan of movies and you don't like subtitles first of all grow up you know hit puberty and uh turn on the goddamn subtitles turn off the dubbing and you need to you know, widen your palate a bit because a lot of different countries excel in different genres. Um, you know, in Nor- Norway, Norwegian, you know, Swedish movies are, they, they've been a lot of, they've done a lot of, um, how do I put this? Like, uh, bleak. I mean, they, maybe it's because of all the snow and the lack of sunlight. <laughs> I think like it just some of the most depressing them. countries on earth. It is. And like it's a country the- that I would love to live and visit the most funny enough, but the movies that they make are, first of all, incredible. Um, I know, you know, and Germany is in there too-ish. I know it's not a Norwegian area or a Nordic area. Um, like, I know Dark on Netflix is everyone's favorite fucking mm, show now, which I've good. never seen. It's just, I can already tell I'm going to be confused the entire time. Because I'm not a smart person, so I, I see all of, like, the... On. a lot of time travel. Yeah, because, like, uh, it has its own... Like, yeah. It's the official website has, like, a... Like, actually... I'll rephrase that. The official website is entirely uh, like a resource to help you understand what the fuck is going on and who is who is who and all that. Mm-hmm. I see that and I think I'm not smart enough to keep up with this. Yeah. But it's boy. like the it's like the glossary in the back of Game of Thrones when you read the books, and it's like it really is. Why is there 50 pages of just family trees? See, but that's the thing is like, I mean, the praise for that show, fuck, man. It's it so really big. Good. I haven't start, watched the new seasons, though, or whatever. I, I hear it's incredible, so it uh, maybe one good. day. Um, I need yeah. to get through Fuck That's Delicious first. So. Sure. Anyway, that's Cadaver, uh, Norwegian um, horror, you know, uh, kind of a single location hotel. I'm excited for it. That's on October 22nd on Netflix. All right. I'm going to crank through mine the Netflix coming. So already available right now. We got babysitter killer queen. That's the follow up to the Samara weaving, uh, kind of throwback horror movie, the babysitter that came out a couple of years ago. Um, it was super gory. It was pretty fun. I've heard mixed reviews about the new the sequel though. Killer queen. Um, also the, the nurse ratchet, show yeah. i've heard very mixed reviews about i personally have no interest in it um but that's just me um but the movies i'm interested in so first off oh well i, I don't know if i'm interested in this but i guess adam sandler's making like a in, like a horror comedy movie called hubby halloween yeah and I, I guess everybody's uh, saying that he threatened to make a really bad movie if he didn't get the Oscar. So this for, could for be it. Gems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is what he's been warning us all about. So, yep. um, I don't know. Have a couple drinks. But, um, okay, this, so this is what I'm actually excited for. Um, a couple years ago, Haunting of Hill House came out. Uh, um, yes. And the, the follow-up to that series is coming out, which is The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um 
which so I think you know Mike Flanagan is kind of doing this like haunting of different. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. a continuation of Hill House. It's like going to be new haunted houses. Yeah, mm-hmm. each each series. So um, it looks really creepy. It doesn't look quite as like depressing and shit as Hill House was. So it looks like a little bit more of like a colorful, just like uh, spooky haunted house movie. I don't I don't really know much more than that. I've, there's, I think there's only like one or two trailers out. Um, but the other movie that I am pretty excited about is this movie called Rebecca. Um, and it's an I'm surprised old... to hear you say this. It's it's an old uh, I I guess it's an old book, but it's also an old Alfred Hitchcock uh, remake. Um, and I don't really know much more about it. Um, I saw the trailer; it looks super flashy and stylish, almost like Great Gatsby level of like uh, like costumes and set design. Uh, it's got Army Hammer, you know, under the radar heartthrob. I'm gonna say. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I, the, the book, or I mean, sorry, the trailer makes it look kind of, um, not as scary as it maybe leads on. It might not even be that scary, but I don't know. I'm just interested if it's a Hitchcock, if Hitchcock initially adapted it, um, I'm just curious to see what this new adaption is. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for Rebecca and I really don't know why. I just watched all the trailers today, and for some reason that one stood out to me. <laughs> um, but. Okay, so I can help you out with this. So, um, remember? do you remember earlier when I said that the next big Netflix movie is going to be Mank? Well, technically it's going to be Rebecca first. Oh, um, okay. Rebecca is 1940 Best Picture winner. The I believe the only uh, Best Picture winner from Hitchcock. In fact, I know oh, that for a fact. I did not even know that because it's a Correct. really old Hitchcock movie. It's like 1940. Yep, it is way before a lot of his more. Well, I, I'm not going to say more acclaimed stuff, but more well-known, popular stuff. Yeah, don't say it's one of his first because he's been making movies since 1927 with The Lodger and then The 39 Steps, 39, and I think one more in between those. But um, yeah, so this movie is directed by Ben Wheatley, who did movies like Kill List, Free Fire, mm. um, High Rise with uh, with um, Loki. I forget what his fucking name is. Um, oh, Fassbender? Yeah. No. Or no. Uh, Hi, uh, who plays Loki in the... I should know this, I obviously. Know. I just, you should know. You know me. I, I blank at names. That's what I'm best at. Um, it's okay. I so, blanked on Christopher Lee earlier. <laughs> <laughs> did goddamn right. So, but no, I mean, yeah, it's just like, I know that it's... Uh, it looks like an interesting, like, psychological thriller, possible horror movie, kind of haunted house elements. Um, it's hard to tell from the, the trailer, but I don't know. It just it, it's for some reason it just caught my eye because it's kind of like that 1920s. It's not quite gothic horror, but it's like that other kind of uh, just like spooky, fucked up rich people in the like you know mm-hmm. golden era. So I don't know. It looked interesting. Um, I think uh, I think we should we should circle back on some of these like in the middle of October as we watch some of them and uh you know keep this list on hand and uh hit on some of these but I, that one I don't think actually comes out for a while though like Rebecca like, comes out in October I mean it's it's near the end of it I believe yeah it's, it's, it's like near the end of October half, but, though so um, it's by the yeah, way the, Tom the Hiddleston of course Tom Hiddleston is the, is the actor 
Um, I'm sorry, oh. I'm just who was in High Rise. I know that's not even relevant anymore. But um, anyway, but for me, Ben Wheatley is the reason why I'm going to see this because I like Ben Wheatley. He makes movies that are a little bit more off the wall, a little bit you know less conventional than it looks. I fear that Rebecca may not be as spooky as you're hoping. Yeah, I don't um, really know. It it doesn't look that spooky. It just looks more like like psychological though, which it might also, be a nice change of pace. For sure. Also, Lily James, who I like a lot. She plays the opposite of Army Hammer. By the way, if you call yourself an Army Army Hammer fan, you haven't seen um, Call Me By Your Name, you got to fix that. You want to see Army Hammer getting it on with Timothy Chalamet? You haven't I haven't buddy. seen that. I've actually only haven't seen a lot of Army Hammer movies. I think I well, saw Man From Uncle, and I was like, that was pretty cool. And I don't know if I saw anything hey, else. Hey, Man From did. Uncle is incredible. That, so. that movie is fucking fantastic. So. Um, no, I, call me by your name. If you're a human, if you have a pulse, you should be seeing call me by your name. But yeah. Anyway, um, Ben Wheatley also tapped on to direct the sequel, the sequel to Tomb Raider with my girlfriend, Alicia Vikander. Mm-hmm. That was one of those director pairings where I thought, okay, what the fuck? But all right, I'm into that. Cause you know, I like when, when, you know, there's weird director pairings, you know? Yeah. So. You like the, what the fucks? I like the what the fuck. So when I read the news that uh, when it, you know when it broke that Ben Wheatley is going back for number two, you know for you know the, okay, fucking works for me. So that is Rebecca. I'm surprised to hear you mention it, but I'm pleasantly yeah, surprised I, to hear you mention it. I'm, yeah, I'm into it. So I'm gonna probably check that out. But with that, that's about it for the news. Um, we got some sad. We got we got some sad news for our Blade <laughs> Jobber of the week. What else is new? Unfortunately. Um, yeah, a road warrior animal, Joe Laurinaitis, Legion of, final Legion of Doom member, passed away this week. Um, I guess he had a natural causes. Uh, when is somebody that big, though? You know, I don't know. I mean, he, there's so he did, many. He did a lot. Causes. He had a lot of miles on his heart by the time. Yeah, he, he was. was that a, age. He had a seasoned body. I mean, yeah. someone with that size and who wrestles, and I mean, man, those natural causes can be anything. But yeah, go, you know, if you're a Road Warrior fan, you already know where to look. Um, if you're not really familiar with the Road Warrior fan, I was dipping into some last night. Um, actually, we're going to cover um, during our Halloween Havoc episodes probably one of my favorite war- Road Warrior matches. Um, so stay tuned for that later in the month. We'll do a little tribute to the Road Warriors and Legion of Doom then. But Blade Job of the Week, Road I Warrior feel like Animal. Our- Blade Jobber of the Week is just it's just the most depressing part of our show these Sometimes days. Sometimes it's happy. I think we've had some happy ones. <laughs> it wasn't last time. It was Chadwick Boseman. That's tr- that's true. Um, it has it's usually not happy. There's a lot it's of people usually dying. not happy. I mean, hey, yeah. I love it, but it's unfortunately it's just not a. It, it doesn't have to be this sad, but unfortunately, with the way the world is, you know, it's how it goes. So, well, let's talk about something that makes us happy. Okay, and that is the first. Lucio Fulci movie, we've covered. Now this will not be our last, right? I don't. I hope. No, I really don't think so. But City of the Living Dead, um, nineteen eighty. No relation. No relation to a George Romero movie or anything like that. No, (laughs) we'll we'll get into it too because it it, there was some conflict with the George Romero stuff. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So this is Fulci coming right out of uh, Zombie. A.K.A. Zombie 2, A.K.A. Zombie Flesh Eaters, you know, a million titles for his zombie movie he made in 1979. <laughs> it was a massive hit. Big shock um, for us, yeah. this podcast. And uh, we actually haven't covered, I mean, like I said, this is the first Fulci movie we've covered. 
I'm sure someday we'll be running low on movies, and we might we might dip back to zombie. Um, it's pretty fun. It has some pretty great gore in it. Um, but I hadn't seen this one ever. This is my first time watching City of the Living Dead. Um, which is nice because normally the movies that we touch, you you're, you're kind yeah. of uh, you know you uh, you have experience with, but not yeah. So I, I had never actually seen this movie, so it was fun to watch. Um, you want to give us a plot? You have a plot synopsis pulled up, Steve? I do indeed, my friend. A reporter and a psychic race to close the gates of hell after the suicide of a clergyman caused them to open, allowing the dead to rise from their graves. I feel like that wasn't written super clear, but. It's, it's pretty much it. Yeah, like they're running, they're they're trying to close the gate. A priest killed himself. It somehow opened the gates of hell. Uh, they got to go like kill his zombie corpse to close it. I think that's about that's about it. I mean, a lot of know, people. Fan, then there's zombies and stuff in between. Fans of this show know that we, you know, the plot is not what this show is about, right? I mean, no. Not, not only because every movie we watch barely has a plot, right? And none of it matters, really. But you know what this show is about, Steve? What's that? Alternate titles. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple for this one. That's what I'm thankful for. So we got The Gates of Hell. We got Fear in the City of the Living Dead, which is kind of a mouthful. And then we got Twilight of the Living Dead. Which, which that is the one that it was originally supposed to be released in America as, but they got a cease and desist from Romero, saying Twilight of the Dead's too close to Dawn of the Dead. So that's when they retitled it to Gates of Hell. Um, so, all of these are great names, might I add? I yeah, like, I like I like Fear in the City of the Living Dead a lot. I like that long. long it is kind of fun life. when it's long. It's kind of like the other one we watched, like the Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. That was yep. a big fucking mouthful. I like that. I like the longer the name, the better, in my opinion. But I think Gates of Hell is like what you see a lot of uh, like VHS releases of it, where were the Gates of Hell um, and things like that. So um, I I can't help but notice um, there's a tidbit, a little fun little tidbit about this movie that I did not know. That filming began for this movie in April of 1980, and it hit theaters in August of 1980, which yeah. to me seems impossible. Um, I like to think I know a little bit how movies are made because I've worked in the industry. Nothing major, of course, but, you know, um, what the hell? How is that possible? What, what's even more impossible is that he began filming this in April 1980. He released it in, 19, in August 1980. And then the following year, he released the second movie, House of, by the Cemetery, in April 81, and then The Beyond, the part three, in November 81. So he, so from April 1980 to November 1981, he made three, he made a fucking trilogy. That's like, um, <laughs> that's, that's like Steven Soderbergh level. Soderbergh, you know, he's, he, whenever you sneeze, like he already yeah. has a new movie that he's written. I guess also, he wrote three feature screenplays in this quarantine alone, so there you go. Yeah, and, and Zombie 2, like the famous zombie movie he did, was released in 1970. And then he also released the movie Contraband, which I've talked about extremely highly on this show in the past, which is pretty much Fulci doing a fucking like mob movie. So oh. go check that out. But yeah, okay. so he did like, I mean, he's one of those directors who like did a movie a year. From like wow. nine, the mid, like the late 60s through like the 90s, I feel like he did like something. 
He's so, like Woody Allen, minus all the controversy. These well, days. I think there's some controversy that follows Fulci too, <laughs> but yeah, but not quite like Woody Allen. No, days. it's a it's a different type of you know it's he's it's an Italian controversy. But contraband, um, huh? That's good yeah. To know. It also, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. It is. And it is super fucking gory. I don't. We can, that's a whole other episode. I think I've talked about it before, but <laughs> yeah, yeah some of the Fulci non horror movies are still super gory, so they're just they're worth checking out. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is the first of kind of the Gates of Hell trilogy that Fulci would go on to release over the next couple of years. Um, yeah, like I said, this movie actually wasn't released though in America till 1983. Um. So a classic, wow. classic holdup there. <laughs> between this is a uh, complete, a, an actual blade job approved movie. Then no movie can be blade job approved unless yeah. it has a, unless it's either Italian with shitty English dubs, uh, fourteen no fewer than fourteen alternate names, um, shot and then released with like three years after each other. Mm-hmm. Um, has some sort of naked woman being murdered. That's just what it is. I don't know if this one has a naked woman being murdered though. It, it doesn't. Which. Um, <laughs> So okay, but which, we're checking all the which other was boxes. Noticed. <laughs> I, I I noticed that pretty much immediately, but yeah, what are you gonna do? But yeah, so like I said, it was released in 1983 in America. Twilight of the of the Dead, which is totally a fucking ripoff of Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just a and, different time of the day. Yeah, it's just so, the, it's just the the most least known. And it's time pretty of the it's, day. it's pretty well known that like George Romero was so fucking like tight on that like of the dead um mm-hmm. like tag on his movies um so much so that like return of the living dead um it, it's a whole lawsuit between uh george romero and the, i'm free, i'm drawing a blank on the guy who did return of the living dead because they essentially made two sequels to night of the living dead <laughs> um it's and yeah and and george had of the dead and the other guy had rights to use living dead so, whatever. God, what a, what a rigmarole right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, you, this isn't a podcast about the legalities of film rights, because that, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could handle that. That'd be very boring, even so, for me. So, before we get into the good and the bad, the what the fucks of this movie, what were your thoughts, Steve? Did you like it? Did you Did you not so, like it? So, um... So the world is not black and white, right? So did I like the movie? I liked parts of it, right? Mm-hmm. Did I did I like all? You know, I, for me, I'm, I don't. Maybe I'm, I take the, that word too literally, that term too literally, the whole black and white thing. But like, um, overall, did I like it? Yes, but it takes a while to get to that point. Yeah, it took me um, two watches. Yeah, it took <laughs> me. I mean, I'm talking literally. Like when you're watching the movie, it took about I don't know three fourths of the movie to get really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when it hits, it hits, right? It I does mean, hit. and we're going to get into the exact elements as to why. But for me, uh, I, I, overall, I recommend it, right? Like I, yeah, I think it's definitely it's Fulci, you know. And this is my, of course, my first Fulci as well. But um, you know, no, I, 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 I don't regret it at all. Um, it just takes it some, it takes its time, you know. And there are certain elements, like uh, right off the bat, I'm, I'm gonna spoil one: the acting. It's it's shit. But I mean, oh, of course. You and me are no strangers to shit acting in you know sea level horror movies. So no, yeah. Um, like most that of the of, audience probably is is used to it by now too. 
for sure. And like, and, and I did something that I never ever do, and nobody should ever ever do, and that's like look at the IMDb reviews for movies because the user reviews mean nothing, and they should never go by them at all. Um, but I, I did see a lot that I agreed with, which it goes against everything I just said. But the point is that a lot, a lot of people think it's very boring until about halfway through. And I think that's, I agree with that one. So you asked the question, do I, do I like it? Yeah, but it, you know, I like the back half. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it does, it, it does pick up a lot more um, in the second half, I guess. Um, do you want to, do you want to hit on some of the things you did like then? Some of the goods? For sure. And I guess it is funny to say like the back half, because I mean, what horror movie doesn't start off slow and ramp up after the back half? I mean, that's kind of the whole formula for a horror movie. So that's fair enough. But that doesn't mean that I have to like the first half. So fuck you. All right. So um, right off the bat, I can tell you right now, full cheese camera work, match made in heaven. That guy can move a camera. Um, even if it's like not necessary, like, I mean, one could argue, you know, that camera work of an eel. And I'm talking like, um, it's, I would put him like maybe halfway or three fourths of the way to Sam Raimi. Like Raimi can go fucking wild with a camera mm-hmm. for our benefit. Um, and Fulci, I mean, yeah, is every, every camera move and focus pull matter? Of course not, but I'm a slut for that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm like a seal. Like, if you show me, you know, sweeping camera work, I'm clapping my hands like a seal. You know, it's that's for me. That's what I like. Um, so this guy just he has a hard time keeping the camera still. And I can see some people may not like that, but this guy does. I, I like it, too. I thought it was it was pretty good. Uh... It just it, it makes it more interesting and fun to watch. I mean, think of other movies we've watched. Like, I think, of you know, I mean, Audition, fucking camera works trash and Audition. But even something like, I don't know, Microwave Massacre, where like oh, the, a Jesus movie Christ. like that. I mean, yeah, Jesus Christ is right. Um, like that movie. I mean, there's a lot more it needed to be watchable, but. You know, it could have you could have a more exciting, you know, mm-hmm. more um, you know, kinetic style of camera work. Uh, this movie's got it, so I think that is also a part of what what made me like it more than usual. Is just the simple fact that it's visually appealing on the eyes, as opposed to just the camera as a conduit to the actors and the performances, because there's shit here. So the camera being more than just a window. There's something something I I just love about like, and I, I I know it's not exclusively Italian, but like the Italians do those, like just that super zoom up, like right on somebody's eyes. I don't know. I just love that. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's just like, it's like jarring, but it's it's fun. It's yeah, it's, it's just cool. I don't know. It's just, yeah. And I mean, you could argue like, well, it being cool is good enough to justify it. In this case, I agree. It just makes it more exciting to watch. than yeah. just Like I said, to have the camera be a window to the performances, which I of course appreciate that a lot too, more than anybody I know. However, the performance has to be good for that. And this movie doesn't have those, which is, you know, to me, it's, you and I are used to it. So, yeah. All right, let's let's get into some of the kills and stuff before we get through. I, and I, I have some more goods, but a lot of them are tied into the kills, For so sure. I don't want to jump ahead really quite away. But the first kill we kind of see, uh, I mean, I guess we see the, the the priest hang himself within like the first seconds of the movie. Yeah, I mean, we see our first kind of zombie pop up from the leaves, um, and all this is taking place like in a dream. That is going on, like with that the psychic that was mentioned um, in Steve's synopsis. There, the Mary who is uh, 
she, she's like in a seance and she's like seeing all these visions of the priest hanging himself, the zombie popping up. And Mary gets fucking scared to death, <laughs> which that's how we start the movie out. Um, hey, we start off the movie with the very first shot is a great um, kind of a rack focus with a nice camera move. Again, it's not super. It, was, it wasn't necessary, but that's that would be the very first shot. I thought, OK, this guy can move a camera. This is what I'm in yeah. for. I asked yeah. for so little. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it's 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 got that kind of like misty. Uh, I don't know. It's like he does. Fulci really does get like that, like gothic atmosphere. I think pretty, pretty good in in his movies. So I have no idea if this is true or not. It's probably, but I would not be shocked if Fulci had some influence on Guillermo del Toro. I wouldn't be surprised either. I, would I wouldn't say be shocked. Makes sense. I feel like all you have to do is just watch the trailer for. Um, God damn it! I'm so good at, bl- at blanking on movies that I know the name of, the the gothic one that he did. Uh, um, Pan's Labyrinth. No, the other. Uh, go- of course, I say gothic, and it's like you know what the hell you you know it could be anything. Chronos. Um, no, no, I'm talking about uh, Crimson Peak. Oh, that was a fun one. Crimson Peak. Um, and I would just, I mean, you know, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if he said, "Oh, I've got a," because he is, you know, he's a big monster movie guy, and this isn't really. Yeah. Are zombies monsters? I guess so. Um, not to interrupt you there, but I just I would be I would not be shocked if it turned out that he was influenced by Fulci. No, I would. I think he wears his influences on his sleeves. I think he's influenced by just European horror in general. He's just um, influenced by movies. That dude yeah. is such a wholesome guy. Like that guy is. There are a few other few directors who, you know, like you said, wear the influences on their sleeve like he does. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyways, yeah. So Mary gets that like she gets scared to death from the seance, and they literally like bury her. Um, they 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 they, they proclaim her dead on site. There, they bury her, and honestly, I think this is one of my actual goods, which comes um, after she's being buried. The whole Mary being buried alive scene, mm-hmm. um, where she's in the casket and. It's very slow build where she kind of starts waking up and then she, you, you start seeing like the the fog come on the like the glass in the um, in the casket and then next thing you know it's shattered and she's clawing it and her nails are bloody. I don't know. I just thought that was like actually a pretty creepy scene. Um, I don't know for, for that for the time period um, th- th- it was probably one of like the creepiest buried live scenes i've seen like even to date so mm-hmm. um i don't know i really liked it what i what i like about that and this is why you're here you're gonna help me because i don't know any of the names i that's just my biggest like character flaw is that when i watch movies and tv <laughs> shows i just i my brain does not connect with the names of people I, i'll watch a whole series of a show and i'll i couldn't tell you anything about the characters it's just my own you know i don't know what it is maybe it's undiagnosed add who knows anyway this that scene when the guy who kind of notices that she's you know that she is um you know still alive i like how mm-hmm. kind of long it takes for him yeah. to go from like first noticing to kind of eh, is that and you know there's some disbelief there like i mean clearly she's dead so how could she be you know how could she be still alive screaming um, exactly and yeah you know, i sometimes movies move too quick 
Uh, so I like when it takes its time for him to kind of think, uh, is this possible? This can't be true. She's, I'm hearing the screams and the clawing, but she's obviously dead. Uh, and that just takes a little bit longer than you would expect. I like that. Yeah, it, I don't know. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed like the um, the whole build up to that. And then they actually do pickaxe her out um, while she's like screaming. And there's like a bunch of times where you think she's like done screaming and dead. But I don't know. It was really cool. No. It was a good well, buried alive kind of. It, it well you 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 should you know you didn't mention the fact you you know you mentioned the uh, the pickaxe. I like it because you look like she's come out to get nailed by the pickaxe. She doesn't mm. know where it's you yeah. know. I like that. It adds a little bit of tension because he's using the pickaxe to get her out. And of course you're you're watching this thinking you're gonna like kill this woman even mm. though she's you know you're gonna kill this woman who should be dead anyway. Um, and I thought that was well, very well done because of the the end of the pickaxe hammering through the wood. Yeah. <laughs> like you're about to save cool. this lady, but you're about to actually just like impale her through the head. So, did you ever did you ever see Buried with Ryan Reynolds? From I actually did, and I still I don't. I mean, that was fine. See, I was a <laughs> but, big fan of that one, especially it was the okay. ending, which yeah. I I love uh, I love a good movie where the ending it just doesn't work out like it should. <laughs> I yeah, love, I, our, it's our, not done enough. I think I remember everybody saying like it's gonna be like it's gonna be as like the next saw, oh, so no, I went into it. I went in expecting something else, but anyways, um, yeah, the whole buried alive scene I thought was really cool, um, and then from there we kind of get into this like there. Um, so we should mention too, this is actually kind of like a Lovecraft movie slightly. They're they're in this town called Dunwich, which is based on the Dunwich horror from Lovecraft, um. And as they travel to this town, the, like the father Thomas priest, his like ghost keeps popping up, and I thought that was one of the creepier things in the movie too. Is just like the hanging priest that would just pop up when like they flick the lights on. Um, I don't know. I really liked how that worked out. Um, and pretty much what happens is you see the priest, and then horrible shit happens to you. Um, the the big one this is probably one of the biggest scenes in the movie is there's a couple parked in the road um they flick the lights on they see the priest um the character's name is rose and she's like making out with her boyfriend tommy and suddenly just blood starts coming out of her eyes like the bleeding That's eyes. very well done it's well pretty done. well done but what happens next i'm surprised this isn't one of your top kills steve Side note before you do that, um, okay. I forgot to mention a show I've been watching. If you have not been watching Lovecraft Country on HBO, I highly, highly recommend you watch Lovecraft Country on HBO. And that actually fits into this. because I've heard also, it's good. It's very I've good. I've heard very it's mixed also, reviews about that too, though, so I don't know. I, have, I don't know. It's all very good. And it's also extremely violent and gory. I which, have heard that. Hell yeah. It's it's some of the best like um, you know CGI blood and you know guts that i've seen ever oh. um i just i think if you i don't know if you have hbo or not but you really should but, uh, bummer big bummer because yeah, it shows very good so far well it um, might anyway, hit it might hit something streaming eventually not I'll, I'll be sure to check it out there yeah you should <laughs> it's still going but it's no, very, i do like good. a lot of lovecraft stuff i know it's not necessarily like a lovecraft show per se but I, if, I will... if anything this show aims to piss off lovecraft because he was a raging you know racist mm -hmm. so yeah um and the, considering this show is all you know black cast and all that um and a black story it's incredible it's very good so um i wanted to make sure that i didn't forget to mention to give a shout out to lovecraft country on hbo 
Back to the show. <laughs> Back to the show. No, yeah. So, like I said, the lady is bleeding through her eyes, which pretty good effect. Um, but what comes next is probably one of the most famous scenes in the movie, which um, the actress, her name is Daniela Doria, literally vomits up her intestines. Oh, I remember um, that scene. I remember that shot because it's a nice close-up on yeah. her mouth when the shit is coming out of her. And I thought, how did they do that? And, so, and I mean, I know you and I have been beating around the bush this whole time, but the special mm-hmm. effects this movie are unbelievably good. The, the special effects is the main point to watch this movie. I think it's probably the best that we've done since. That doesn't involve slime. Um, I think that the special effects this movie are incredible. I think it's probably the best we've done maybe since. I think it's... I have a, such a soft spot for the burning and the Savini effects in that movie, but I think it's sure. up there. Um, I think because there's incredible. so many, there's so there's like there's that there's at least like a couple in this that are fucking great. But yeah, the vomit scene with, um, so this this effect was actually achieved by like she was had like chewed up veal intestines that she was chewing on, and then mm. actually threw them up. And then eventually it gets to the point where there, you can actually kind of tell it's like a mock-up head a little bit. Sure. And there's like a full fucking stomach comes out. Yeah, like it's it is, incredible. It is like incredibly gross. It just keeps um, coming out more yeah. and more. It just keeps happening. I'm thinking this is pretty good. Yeah. And then she, she kind of becomes zombified and turns to her boyfriend and does what becomes a very um, common kill in this movie, which is the grabbing of the back of the head. And then just, like, squeezing it like pudding. And just having, it's like... It's my favorite thing. It just, like, all squeezes through the fingertips, like, the brain and, like, skull. Um, I don't know. They do it, like, at least four times in this movie, and it's pretty satisfying each time. I, I know we'll talk about our favorite kills, and I, as always, you pick the best one by default. So I'm sorry. That is my answer, is that every time that happens, I love it, because it's just such, like, a how do you explain it? Like I've never, you never see that. I mean, yeah. usually people arms, you know, if you have zombies and their unusual super strength. Um, usually they pull off limbs and all that, pull off the head or rip open the, uh, the chest cavity, but never do you see someone grab the back of someone's head and just palm it and yeah. then just crush it and rip it off and have the, the brain kind of fall out the back. Um, I love it, man. Every time I was so happy. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. And it's and that's kind of what seems to turn people into zombies. I don't really know. It, it's it, the, the, Again, the plot's kind of confusing. Are people being turned into zombies when they get their brains smushed? Are people getting turned into zombies when they see the priest hanging? Who cares? <laughs> really. Right, yeah, but, damn right. Um, I, the biggest kill... Well, actually, before we get to the biggest kill, I think one of the... Um, my favorite so like we said there's a lot of zombies in this movie and the kills and special effects are great but the zombie makeup i think is equally as great and there's one in particular which is um emily so she's kind of like the main female who gets killed early her brother john john is a character throughout the movie but um her zombie just looks so fucking good she's got like that one droopy eye um, and she does a lot of head crushes too, but it's just um, wall to wall excellence yeah. with the effects. It really is. I mean, the, the, it's the the I mean, I think that these these might be some of my favorite zombie effects I've seen, even more so than some of the Romero zombies. 
because they're just so gross. They're covered in dirt and worms. And well, like... that's the thing. Uh, yeah, I saw somebody in the I, here. I am condemning IMDb. Then I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I've seen this in other reviews, but I know, and this is before I watched it that people were mentioning that that is, you know, the creature. They're more earthy, right? They look like they oh, actually yeah. came from beneath the ground, which is not as common as it should be. So yeah, they exactly look like right. gross. Yeah, <laughs> like, they look. Yeah, exactly. They look like. Yeah, they look like they've been dead, decayed, mm-hmm. and have risen to life, as opposed to. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's as common these days as it should be. I mean, I think I haven't. Really, I'm not a big Walking Dead fan, but I think some of them were pretty gross. But I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of the Romero ones, yeah, like you get a lot of like almost like that like fresh zombie where it's still very like human like, where these are just like completely out, not even human. But um. But anyway, moving on to my favorite kill. So there's a character throughout the movie named Bob who is kind of seems to be like the town troublemaker, uh, possibly even like town. Uh, they, they kind of insinuate that he's like a sexually assaulted several women. Um, there's always one in, the, in each town. Yeah, he's not the best. But anyways, he, he ends up going to some girl's house and he's sleeping over there the father finds out and like i said this guy's got a reputation and the father clearly wants to kill him he so, has to have quite a reputation to get the fate that he, the reaction that he gets right the father puts him on a fucking like table drill i don't know i didn't take shop really steve so i don't know what that's called but it's like a big ass drill bit on a table that I guess you slide something into and it drills a hole through it like a fucking drawer or something. I don't know. Uh, you know as much as I do about that. But so. they put this kid's head on the on the table and they, the, the dad is pushing it towards the drill bit. And it goes in one side of his head, out the other, both sides spinning, gore galore. I mean, I, maybe one of my favorite effects I've seen in a movie we've covered. It's it's incredible. And what's interesting to me is that, because like, they obviously struggle, of course. The kid is, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to do literally anything but get drilled in the head. And I'm like, this whole time I'm thinking, dude, this is so much time for you to realize that you don't want to kill this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. at what point does he realize, you know what, this is probably an overreaction. Um, unless there's something about that character that we, the audience, doesn't know about. But I'm thinking, man, like, you you could probably well, like avoid said, a lot of I, headaches in the future. I think he I think he was, like, insinuated that, like, he sexually assaulted that guy's daughter. But then again, the daughter was, like, about to just, like, smoke a joint with him and stuff. So, like, I kind of was, like, I maybe that's a lot lost in translation in the dub. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it, it did seem know. like an overreaction at first. But then I was, like, well, maybe he did. I don't know. Well, plus it's for our benefit. I mean, it is an incredible effect and an incredible kill. It really um, is. It's very so jarring. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad that dude risked his future uh, to do that yeah. for us. So, um, and okay, so like and like we said, there's a lot of just spooky shit going on in the town of Dunwich. Um, they're kind of preparing for this like All Saints Day, which I guess they're trying to kill the priest, the zombie priest, before it arrives makes sense because then yeah. like the gates of hell won't be able to be closed i don't know there there is a little bit of plot to this but um when the first day of this all D- saints day begins we have it's not really a special effect but i just thought it was crazy and that is like the the maggot storm 
Yeah. Um, um, really, there's just, I mean, what else can you call it? It's a storm of, of pure maggots that yeah. blow through the window and just head to toe. And, these guys are covered in maggots. In typical Fulci fashion, they use real maggots. Oh, um, yeah. I, they, could, I believe that. It's, I guess they used it, they had to use two wind machines. 20 pounds of maggots were used to just blow at these actors. And I guess that some of them weren't super like happy they had to just deal with maggots probably for several shoots. And uh, a crew member actually took some maggots and put them into Fulci's tobacco pipe. And I guess he smoked a little bit of the maggots. And he was super pissed. But according to the Wikipedia page, Fulci later uh, thought that this incident is what led him to have heart surgery in 1985 and have a heart attack and contract hepatitis and oh, wow. have cirrhosis of the liver. So it's quite a quite a downward spiral there. Yeah, and I don't know if that's all to blame from smoking uh, maggots, but who knows? Well, well, listener, if you're about to smoke a, smoke a maggot, drop yeah. that maggot, buddy. Don't don't do it. I <laughs> don't smoke it. maggots because do apparently it gave Fulci a heart attack, hepatitis, and uh, cirrhosis of his liver. So I mean, none of that had to do with his just horrible eating habits and probably daily smoking, but. <laughs> Just th- come on, just think of your liver, all right? <laughs> think about what you're doing if you smoke that maggot. But, yeah, so like I said, there's a couple more, like, just head crushings that go on throughout the movie. Um, Emily is the main zombie at this point who's, like, crushing all the heads. Um, but then let's get into your favorite kill, Steve. I mean, okay, yeah, so I mentioned that my favorite kill is, like, all the head ones, but this is this is a particular one. Um you're gonna have to help me. Like, I have on my notes, Zombie Sandra. Who is so Sandra? Sandra okay, so Sandra <laughs> is one of the other characters. She's not really super important. She okay. was like the second main lady after Mary. But yeah, she gets killed towards the end of the movie, and comes back and kills uh, Peter, who is like the the investigator, the journalist. So this is why this is my favorite kill. And thank you. I'm glad you're here to fill in the cracks. That sure. I should really know myself, but I don't. Um, because to this point, Peter, I'm not going to call him like a main character, but he's been part uh, of this whole thing. I'm going to say think. he's a main character. You think so? I mean, he's in the um, plot synopsis. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the point is, is that he, I mean, you know, like I mentioned, like I alluded to earlier that I like when movies just don't end properly when they don't end mm-hmm. like how you would think. So the fact that you've got this main character who just kind of unceremoniously That's gets true. his head crushed to me, I mean, near the end of the movie, but it's like not at the very end of the movie and he just gets his head crushed. The usual, she palms the back of the head, yeah. crushes it, pulls off half, you know, a little bit of his head. The brains mm-hmm. fall out the back. I'm happy. You're happy. Um, I'm excited that that's why it's my favorite kill simply because it's the idea of this main ish character that's true unceremoniously taken out funny that um, you say it's that like, what do you do yeah because actually my girlfriend was actually like oh my god I liked him as soon as he got killed so exactly you that's, kind that's of... the exact reaction you want to have it's like oh well, like what do you do you know it's like when your character lead character dies you as right. the audience you're thinking what, ha- what what do we do now that was the audience surrogate right mm-hmm. so what, what do we do at this point which I think is a very nice directorial cho- and storytelling choice even if it wasn't a whole lot after this, you know, I mean, it's kind of just... Yeah, it's like at the end of the movie, but it's okay. 
he doesn't like get away at the end like we're very commonly seen for us for these movies you know the the hot jock and the and the cheerleader escape mm-hmm. and you know they go off to fuck like rabbits or whatever jocks did in the 80s and still do i guess but so i like when the fact that this is a main character and then he's ripped away from you or literally in parts mm-hmm. and that's why it's my favorite yeah and that's pretty much where we wrap up at the movie um the the ghost or the zombie of Father Thomas is is stabbed at the end with a cross, thus setting on fire himself and all the other zombies in the city. And the city of the living dead is seemingly uh, put to rest. Although I guess we have two more movies to come. But that's true. Um, well, now I'm I, I read that these are separate. I mean, you can. They, watch. I think they are separate. They they're they're not really very loosely connected uh, yeah it's kind of um, like the john carpenter like apocalypse trilogy where it's like right. they're 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 morbid and they're bad they're uh they're about the end of the world thematically kind of tied together but yeah right um and if i may uh at, there was that at the ending scene like you mentioned here with the um i believe it's um i don't remember who's left i guess jerry and and father thomas i believe there or no i think jerry and somebody else jerry and uh Again, I, you and know, I don't know mary <laughs> jerry and mary are, are the, are the <laughs> jerry and mary are, are the f- male Thank and you. female left at the end um, of the movie i'll admit i'll admit i was disappointed because at one point they are completely ass surrounded by zombies and i mm-hmm. think to myself well you know peter was was he fucked off he was dead which mm-hmm. is great and i was kind of hoping that they would, it would not work out for them either. Oh, but I knew I, I, they were swarmed. I'm thinking these guys. I mean, you know, and this is, you know, it's as a tale as old as time in storytelling mm-hmm. of how they're going to get out of this, and then they do. But I guess it's a personal thing for me. But I would like to see people not find a way to get out at the end. Um, well, so we'll, when, we'll get know, into the actual ending of the movie too, because there's sure. some debate. And what I happens was at just, the end. I was sad when. He was Father Thomas stabbed, and then they all can mm, go up in flames, mm-hmm. and they can escape into the you know morning. And I thought, well, that's sad. I mean, I I just you know I I like when movies are more bleak. I, you know, even yeah. despite the bleakest timeline of all, uh, real our real life timeline. I um, I will I say like too when, that the, when they're in the crypt, there the crypt zombies are a little different than like the 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 above Earth zombies. And I thought they were pretty creepy looking too. Um, oh, all cobwebby great, and more like skeletal zombies, but They've still been there for longer. Yeah, right. I don't know. Again, zombie effects beautiful yeah. throughout this whole big, movie. Big chef's kiss. Big chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so the acting is not the best. We're getting into the bad here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, but. I- you know, it's it's funny because like at what point do we just accept the fact that it's bad and yeah. make that be a good because it's funny to watch? But I just, you know, I I have a hard time making bad acting be like it's actually fun. You know, I I yeah. can't do it. And it's go back and listen to either our deep red or like demons two episode. We we actually go into why Italians do everything the hard fucking way and like overdub everything. Remember that, Steve? How they just like made everything more complicated by hiring like a voice actor, an actual like body actor, and then like doing all post production sound. It makes no sense, but yeah, go go check out one of the older episodes of Italian Horror. Uh, yeah, we get into why why they make these dumb decisions. But was this movie dubbed? 
I know for a fact that some of these lines are very much not dubbed and not in Italian. I mean, yeah. Well, there's a few that aren't, but I will tell you for one fucking John John is absolutely dubbed. Yeah, and, and this is common for our Italian movies that like some of it's dubbed and some isn't, yeah. and it's well, very think, obvious when it is dubbed. I think it's all dubbed, but I think sometimes the actors are speaking English and when they dub over it it just matches better where sometimes they're speaking Italian and they dub it in English so it completely doesn't match okay it's I like, can I can I can get behind that, that it's like when right. you watch even like the good the bad and the ugly like Clint Eastwood does his lines in English but then he dubbed over them afterwards stupid I know but right. but then there's okay. also that he's talking sense. to a guy I'm on, I'm on the trolley yeah who's who's speaking Italian back so uh, yeah, who knows why they do these things, but but yeah, John John was definitely um, dubbed, and there's something of that was just extra grating about hiring this like child actor to be dubbed, and whoever they got to dub him was just like the most grating thing ever. So <laughs> fucking John John man, John John is the the zombie Emily. It's it's her brother. He's like a little kid, um, and he he'll come into play when we get to the what the fuck at the end. Because there's a, he plays a big part in potentially what happens at the end of the movie. Now, this part aside, if there's anybody out there who's hiring for voice acting for dubbing, you give us a call. I mean, listen, yeah. we 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 shit on it, but listen, we I, yeah. I'm into that. We got 55 episodes as a resume. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, just go out. ahead and go to go ahead and check out our Instagram at Blade Job. I think it's just called Blade Job or is it Blade yeah. Job? Podcast? No, it's just Blade Job. Perfect. But, uh, so you know, check it out, Steve. This is a this is a very con, you know contentious thing that happens with all Italian horror movies as well. What do you think of the music? Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember a lot of it, which probably sp- speaks to its quality. Mm-hmm. Um, like if it was something like Goblin or something, I feel like we would have you know a better um, it would have a lasting effect. But I don't really remember a lot of the music, even though I watched it yesterday. Um, yeah. So that's my answer. <laughs> it's I just mean, not yeah. it's not something that sticks out. I mean, I think we're probably going to get crucified by all like true gore old school horror fans, but yeah, like even Goblin sometimes, like the Italian horror soundtracks don't they don't do it for me always. And like this one didn't. I don't know, sometimes I love it, sometimes I fucking couldn't stand it. It sounded like awful like Casio keyboard <laughs> like 8-bit yeah like it was just i don't know like it's it's even like in movies like suspiria like it doesn't it's not always my favorite i don't know i mean sometimes it's just too much i mean that's that's the kind of that's what's so tricky about like film comp you know score composition is because like you got you know sometimes this music is too much but then you have people like hans zimmer who like their whole his whole legacy is, is like you know big orchestral mm-hmm. almost being too much and that's what makes him so famous the blah and shit like that so it's almost kind of like um almost kind of a toss-up on whether or not your music is gonna like touch you know yeah. it's going to match what's on screen per and which is interesting i don't know if you know this or not maybe you do but a lot of times composers compose the music having before the movie's done being made yeah up. and i know they, they and get the script and they make the music based on what yeah. they read which is pretty nuts to me especially if it works really well with the movie right that's incredible that's not easy to do clearly and i know this the the composer i believe his name is fursley um you know it's very 
renowned and did a lot of uh, Fulci movies throughout the years and even a ton of other Italian spaghetti westerns and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. There's just something about their like when they when the Italians go like prog rock for their horror movies. I could take it or leave it sometimes. I'm with you. I'm but, definitely with you. All right. Should we get into some of the what the fucks and wrap this up? Let's do it, buddy. Yeah, there's there's definitely some um some what the fucks here. I, I want you to kick us off with this first one because I agree that it was a definitely a what the fuck. Okay. So we mentioned Bob. He's like kind of the town We'll just call him Troublemaker. That's probably a little bit of an understatement, considering yeah, he got, you know, he pissed off a dad so much that he got his head drilled. But Troublemaker Bob is kind of wandering around the village, literally comes across a fucking dead baby in a creepy-ass haunted house, and what does he do? He blows up a sex doll? What yeah, was going it, on? It with came this? out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> and I mean, he doesn't just blow it up. I mean, he goes, I mean, he, I believe he starts making out with it. Yeah. Um, I, I've been lonely every once in a while, but I don't think I've been that lonely. I mean, maybe I'm missing out on something, right? Maybe I should give it a shot. Clearly he, this guy knows more than I do, but it was, so, it was yeah. 1980. I mean, what the hell else are you going to do? I John Lennon was just shot and killed. So what else are you supposed yeah. to do? Right. So, I mean, I guess he just is like, he found, so I, I guess he just finds a dead baby in his like jerk off makeout spot i guess um kind of out of nowhere it really makes no sense but um yeah i think that that was like kind of the beginning of the what the fucks for me um you know it wouldn't be a true italian movie if there was just like you know shit that makes absolutely no sense especially a fulci movie you know he's gonna put something in there that just you're like head scratching like what the fuck am i watching um, By the way, I know I know I always do this for each episode. So 1980, that was the year that Ordinary People won Best Picture. So mm. there we go. I just want to get that out of there. I know never I like to... even heard of it. Robert but... Redford's directorial debut. Mm, so. Okay, ever Very heard nice. of him, Eric? Oh yeah. Oh for sure. The Sundance Kid himself. So the next one i guess this isn't really even a what the fuck i mean this is to be expected grave robbers being pervs you know well you say grave i'm sorry robbers. not grave robbers grave diggers well I mean, i'm sure grave robbers are probably naturally perverts i mean yeah. who knows what they're going to be robbing exactly um, but Very so good I, point. i'm going to stay on with that one but yeah these grave diggers um i remember i thought it was funny cuz they were like a halfway done with burying um mhm you know help me out here as always or oh, it was mary it was mary yeah this is yeah we're talking you. about the act oh, when, right when they broke her out buried alive yeah we're going back to that well yeah my thought it was just funny how like they hit five o'clock right about halfway done with her so they just fuck off they're like we're done union we're out of here at yeah, five i didn't realize and grave like, digging was a union job but neither did i it's, it's funny it you mention that and they just walk away. And I'm like, you guys, you guys, she's halfway to, you know, six mm-hmm. feet under, halfway to heaven here. So like, There's literally like I two shovelfuls of dirt <laughs> on the yeah. casket. And they're, they're like, well, it's five o'clock. Let's go see Ordinary People in theaters in 1980s. So yeah. wow, that's, and they were just looking at like a porn magazine instead of burying her. So, yeah, you, well, know, you know, I guess this is what Fulci a... thought New York was like. <laughs> Back then. I mean, which it probably great. you know might not be that far off. Grave digging is not exactly a, uh, and with no disrespect to all of our many many grave digger uh, listeners, I just don't think it's a very glamorous job. You know, brings out the 
a certain clientele, right? Yeah. Now, can I talk about this next one? Because I got a bone to pick with this of one. Of course. I got a bone to pick. So I'm not, and, and, and part of my bone to pick is why this is even in the, in the, in the what the fuck section. Oh, so you think it's a good, you think it's good? I'll explain. So <laughs> there's a scene when Mary is in the crypt when she's doing something and a big giant rat jumps on her mm-hmm. and she screams like the people do. Listen, as somebody who is at one point owned pet rats, I need, we need to stop this stigma that these rats are these horrendous, horrific creatures. Do they carry disease sometimes? Sure. I'm not going to defend that. It's a rat from a crypt. So it's what? eating rancid flesh. <laughs> crypt, rat, rat lives matter, Eric. Listen, I've, I've owned rats. If that, was, if that was me, if I was in a crypt and a rat jumped on me, buddy, it's a free pet right there. Listen, rats are not scary creatures. I get it. It's the meme as old as time. Rat, a mouse or a rat runs across the kitchen. The fifties housewife jumps up on the onto the, the the onto the stool. Eek! The rat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think these are outdated things. I think we need to okay. appreciate. We need to accept rats as more, um, as more. They're cute. What would, would you if you were in a crib and a baby beaver jumps out on you? Are you going to scream no, and yell, run yes, away? Yes, absolutely. A baby beaver. You're crazy. Anything probably with like mangy hair. Yeah, even a kitten. Okay, if um, if John if uh, if John Romero no, well, let's see here, I don't know. I'm just so I'm just mad because I, every time I watch a horror movie or really any sort of medium, and a rat is involved, mm-hmm. it's always met with disdain. It's met with disgust, well, yeah. and I'm sick of it. I'm sick gross. of it. I'm sick of it. You I've don't live, I, but I li- but you had pet rats. I know. I live I know. where I'm, I have city rats crawling on my car in my trash at night when I go to take the trash out. It's a different type of rat, Steve. Welcome them inside. Be, be, rats, pet rats are just <laughs> wild rats that have not become pets yet, and that's not true at all. But humor me here. Okay? I pray that the that the feral cats eat the. Eat the, eat the trash rats. There's well, like a war just, going on outside my window, Steve, between the that's trash just nature, cats and the that's, trash rats. That's just nature as intended, right? Cats eating rats. That's just a thing. But mm-hmm. my, my point is that as somebody who's had rats, they're very intelligent animals. They're, sure. very, they're sweethearts. They don't live a long time. That's unfortunate. We're probably um, testing the corona vaccine on them. Or we Probably. were at one point. Well, we were. Now it's we're, humans. We're on to humans now. <laughs> Which I guess is a good thing. So, you know, whatever. Um, I've just, I, that's the bone I have to pick. I mean, okay. granted, that was a fucking huge rat. That was a beefy yeah. boy. That was a unit for sure. Um, but to me, you know, friend of the show, Devin Green, we had rats. One of them was pretty big. Okay. Taffer. He was a big fat boy. And I loved him for it. So all I, and yes, was that rat like toughed up with grease and grime mm-hmm. and, and grody shit yes but it's just a simple bath away from being a sweet wholesome pet for your kids um and that's all i'm going to say in the matter yeah we, right? we can we can continue i'm sure we'll have plenty more rat arguments as this show progresses into the future episodes because there's always going to be rats so and i'm always going to be ranting about them and defending rats as the sweet soft cuddly creatures that they are so not a what the fuck it's not anything it doesn't deserve it's just a thing that happened in the movie um and that's my thought on the matter speaking of things that just happened in the movie the ending abrupt (laughs) nonsensical um all of the above so mary and jerry we just talked about them they stab the priest they 
close the gates of hell. They crawl out of the crypt. They come out. They see John John running towards them. And then it, we have a freeze frame on John John. Screen shatters away. We hear Mary scream. That's the end of the movie. What um, is she screaming about? It's funny because now that I have that um, image, that scene in my head, I remember exactly who John John is. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember that exact, yes, I was confused too because you're right. Everything is kosher, Gucci. Mm-hmm. They escape everything. Life is good. They see John John. John John, and you know, you, because mm-hmm. yeah. you're not there to give him the, the answer for me. Um, you're right. And then she screams. Mary. Freeze frame on yes. Mary. Thank you. John John, John John, um, open embrace, running toward them. Only good, sh- only good stuff. Right, right. So what the hell is she screaming about? You're right. What the hell is she screaming? Yeah. At? What happened? Is she? That's what, and that's what I'm saying. Did she become a zombie? Is like, John listen, John I, a zombie? Are the like, cops I, zombie? I, I can appreciate a good freeze frame. Four hundred blows. A classic freeze frame. Um, speaking of Italian cinema, but I, it has to. You ha- it has to be comprehensible, I would think. So, it has to stir. Freeze frames are all about, yeah. like you said, up to interpretation. I don't know what the hell to interpret for this one, man. So what do you think happened? I don't. I mean, I suppose some, one of them ends up not who they look appear to be, but there's nothing in that scene that would indicate yeah. that. So, so in, in the brief research I did... Uh, I guess it was like a brought up to Fulci and stuff, and he, you know he had talked about it, and it pr- pretty much he just like r- just wrote it off as being like, oh yeah, like I damaged the film on accident, and uh, yeah, I just ended it there. <laughs> so, wow, um, just, okay. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I guess it makes sense, but it's just like uh, I I don't know. I feel like it's not the best ending. And I just feel like Fulci is kind of a stubborn person. And at this point was just like, fuck it. I got another movie to make tomorrow. So let's just end it right. there. <laughs> got, got day 32 of my next movie. So in 1928, Carl Theodore Dreyer, Dreyer, he is a Danish film director. He's make, He makes this movie that is, uh, he hopes to be considered a masterpiece called The Passion of Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. He, finishes, he finishes the movie, right? up in flames in its um you know its storage unit it's up in flames the whole movie fucking gone from this earth what does carl theodore dreyer do he remakes the whole movie using only footage that was left on the cutting room floor this is now considered one of the greatest movies of all time and it is made up solely of footage that he scrapped when making his actual movie Mm. what did fulci do freeze frame makes no goddamn sense (laughs) freeze frame it let's yeah let's just you know what that's fine Oh, what it's happens? up to interpretation. Well, uh, no, it makes no goddamn sense. So, I'm just saying, be more like Carl Dreyer, um, Danish director of you know pretty good movies. Not that I've only, I mean, I've seen one of my favorite silent movies of all time is uh, one of the many silent. You know, I'm not. You know, well, that's a whole other conversation. It's a good yeah. movie. Let's just say that. Well, that's the end. I mean, you guys watch the movie. You make up the de- determination for your own. Fulci didn't have a fucking answer when he was asked about it. Um, why should Why should anybody have their own idea of what it is if the director's I, like? I, oh, I, I think I that was up. it too. He said, "I lo- like the footage was damaged, so I just fro- freeze framed it there, and I don't remember what we shot." <laughs> so he like didn't yeah. even have an answer. It sounds like me trying to remember anything about the movie we yeah. watched for this podcast, but so he, he mean, like didn't even he couldn't even give an answer of like well what was it supposed to be he was like I don't remember 
and you could bullshit anything about that, right? So don't tell the audience to think for themselves when it comes to this because just don't waste your time or energy, man. The brain power. Listen, a lot of the characters in this movie had their brain ripped away from mm-hmm. them. Cherish what cherish what you have. Well, right? what do you what do you think happens then, though? What's what's your ending? Clearly, uh, you know, who do maybe... you think is somebody a zombie? I think maybe John John got bit, and they she maybe saw the bite marks when he's running, you know, running to embrace her. Um, maybe the freeze frame, maybe the world of the movie didn't freeze, and something happened. Only mm-hmm. we, the audience, of the freeze frame, huh? Maybe. Yeah. See, yeah, I think Mary was a zombie. Maybe I feel like she but, got she got put she, in that seance. I feel like she maybe just had like a delayed reaction to the zombie. Uh, why is she screaming though? I don't know. In pain? I don't know. I, I mean, you, and you don't have to know. You're not. You don't have to know because the director doesn't goddamn know. And I'm not saying directors have to know. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, they but, should probably know, but yeah, they don't. At have least, to know. at least these directors, you know, f- they frame the movie and the narrative in a way that you know that encourages um, external thought for you know for a freeze frame. This guy is like, you know, yeah. we fucked up, and uh, <laughs> hey, you know, maybe yeah, it doesn't, can it's, work it's, itself out. It came across as like, oh, that was an accident. There's no artistic vision behind that. Don't talk to me about that ever again. <laughs> See, I'm sure his thought was like, listen, you're not watching this for the plot, which is true, yeah. which is true. So, hey, in, in, in his own way, he's right. So, fuck it, man. All right. And with that, that is City of the Living Dead. And that's a wrap for us. Should we, I, should I can we tell the, you're very hot in yeah, your apartment hot. right now. I am too. Should we let the people know what we got coming up here? Well, it's exciting shit. This is October We're coming up. into October, I mean, yeah. This is where we thrive. This is our month. Let's talk about it. Real quick, well, though. We're at, we're at two yeah. hours here. This yeah, is our longest episode. This is one of our longest episodes we've ever done. But yeah, uh, October 9th, next episode. Don't know what it's going to be yet. Probably going to be another horror movie. We'll let you, we'll, you'll, you'll find out when you find out. It's got to um, be. The 15th, that's the Thursday after, that's October 15th, pay attention to our social media that week leading up to it. We're going to possibly be doing a Twitch live stream, just kind of a test. We might just put on a classic match we've watched in the past. We might just, we're just going to have some fun with Twitch um, because we're going to be preparing for the next two weeks. We're going to be doing a live Twitch stream on the 22nd and the 29th. We're going to be covering Halloween Havoc 1989. It's going to be fun. It's the follow-up to the Terry Funk, Ric Flair episode we had a couple weeks ago. We're talking about Sting, Muda. We got, like, blade jobbers across the board in that final event. Uh, Fucking electrocuted cage. It's going to be stupid. We're going to have some guests to be announced. I'm really hoping that no uh, wrestler dies in between now and then yeah, for our next play. We might we, have to uh, just do it in memoriam at the end of the year because I don't know if we can. I, I can't uh, have that bringing me down in October. At this point, it's a better chance than not, yeah. unfortunately, based on the past here. It's kind of ridiculous. But, yeah, so stay tuned for all that. Um, we're going to be doing those live streams, and we'll be dropping episodes um, on Fridays still throughout the month. So if you don't catch the live stream, you can still catch the audio. Um, the day after we'll, we'll be posting that up. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a packed October. Um, we're going to crank out some, you're going to watch some horror. You, you, you watch some horror movies for the first time in a while, Steve. 
I know. Talk about, you know, outdated or not overdue. That's yeah, and I'm before. expecting you to double your input in the next couple of weeks. So For sure. I mean, because, I mean, I could lie and be like, I've just been so busy. I got nothing right. but time. I don't, I don't value right. my time at all. Are you yeah. kidding me? And now you've so, said it on the podcast, so. It's true. So, uh, well, this is not the first time I've said I'd watch something <laughs> and then the next week go back and say I didn't do it after that all. That is so, also very, yeah. Um, but no, I this is this is October coming up, right? I can't lie. I can't not do it in October. In August, who gives a shit? October, that's our yeah. jam. So I, yeah. I will You're be You're feeding to the this. fire now. Exactly. But yeah, like I said, pay attention to the social media. The Instagram is the best place. Thanks to everybody who's been checking out the VHS September stuff. Any new listeners, thanks for you, – you just listened to the longest episode we have. So go back and listen to our other episodes. They're a breeze. Um, you know, if we got some new listeners, like, comment, subscribe. What else, What are they supposed to do, Steve? Write reviews? Yeah, I mean, it would be great if you could yeah, write review, review us on iTunes. You know, I mean, I, Apple Podcasts, I should say. That'd be so, nice. Yeah, I'd and pay attention it. to that Instagram. We're going to be posting on there throughout October with news – little little quick reviews and uh all that goodness so also yes i know you've all been waiting on pins and needles yes i did secure not one but three playstation 5 pre-orders so we're good to go with that thank you for your concern i i've been my phone's been ringing off the hook people saying steve i hope you got those those pre-orders in i did what thank would you, you do much. if you won the xbox um scalp it probably i mean i'd probably use it but i have no okay. interest in owning okay. an xbox for at least three years there's no fucking point to oh, that's a whole other podcast don't worry about yeah that. that's that's the podcast you can start with Devin again and perfect. uh we'll we'll see how it goes perfect okay all right eric it's been a pleasure as always yeah big um, episode under our belt there we'll uh we'll talk to you guys next time we talk to you guys it's going to be officially october we'll have oh. some horror movies under our belt and, uh, you know, we, we, we got to go big. You know, we went pretty big today with City of the Living Dead, but I think we got to go bigger on the 9th. Agreed. So Agreed. stay tuned. We'll have something for you guys. Um, yeah, head into spooky season. It's going to be fun. And, okay, I'll say it. Register to vote and vote. You know, oh, yes. it's, it's, oh. it's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. Yeah, hashtag ad. Is it even an ad? But, no, yeah. Go fucking if you If you're listening to this podcast and you don't vote, buddies pathetic oh my god yeah. you, you should be treated like how rats have been treated in media for hundreds of years yeah. wrongfully might i add yeah go vote but anyways yeah well well we might have something fun for the election too i don't know actually you know what i don't want to i want to distract from the election so we're going to be doing something <laughs> completely as far something away from politics gonna, as, po- as possible. Something tells me that we may have to be distracting people from the result <laughs> of the election. So let's go so, ahead and yeah. be the distraction the world's probably going to have to need. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys in October. Peace out. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Living dead. Look.
cursed city where the gates of hell have been opened. You've got to. You must reclose those gates. We interrupt this program to bring you a special broadcast. Dunwich police authorities have declared a state of emergency. Effective immediately in Dunwich County. All citizens are requested to return to their homes as quickly as possible. In case of necessity, contact this station. trance did you see anything besides that tombstone oh yes i saw a priest who by hanging himself opened the gates of hell what it's all saints day a demanding implacable enemy whose search for blood is never satiated <laughs> 